now entering the Bass Galaxy. This is Teal's Bass Galaxy. I'm your host. This podcast is about raw, real conversations with real awesome people about bass fishing, bass boats, and heck, there are no limits in the galaxy. Bass Galaxy is brought to you by Veselka Fishing and Customs and just north of Memphis Barbecue, also known as JNO Memphis. Today's guest is probably the greatest angler to come out of Minnesota. He's a national name now. Ladies and gentlemen, the power of tower, the Sultan of Sweat, the great one. Seth, I'm a lover, not a street fighter. Ladies and gentlemen, dude, thanks for coming out to the Bass Galaxy, Cheers. Mr. Fighter. Oh yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, welcome, dude. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. It should be fun. Anytime, dude. And uh, it's been a pleasure just watching you and fishing against you since I fished like the Big Bass Bonanza when I was a kid, and now to watch you fish in the Elite Series, winning AOI, and being real as fuck about it too um it's cool to see yeah and appreciate uh, it yeah dude so i know you do a lot of bass fishing but i want to learn a little bit more about ducking and goosing okay you know because i'm a fisherman i'm not a hunter yeah but you seem to like ducking and goosing with the old shotgun and and turkey on turkeys yeah okay so i don't know jack about that Okay. But I know it's like hunting's like fishing, right? There's a lot of similarities for sure. Okay. So walk me through a mallard hunt and how does it compare to like bass fishing in that sense? Um, it's a lot different. I, I, I'm no expert on like any form of hunting by any means. I just really love to do it. Um, but yeah, duck hunting, it's, I don't know, it's totally different experience, but you're still, you know, you're in mother nature and you're. There's a lot of factors that go into it that, you know, make times better than others and whatnot. But, um, yeah, mallard hunt, I don't, I don't know. It's a lot different. You got to do your homework. It's a lot kind of like pre-fishing and then, you know, find the birds, find where they're going, see if you can get set up on them, whether you have to get permission or it's public or whatever. And, um, yeah, just being underneath, like, a big group of mallards coming in and he's like, I don't know, like catching a six-pound bass in a tournament pretty sure. much. Got, so they have, like, flight patterns? Like, they migrate. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, weather systems, cold weather will push them through. Um, a lot of the birds around here um, that we shoot late in the year, they they pretty much winter here. But they'll show up, usually, hopefully, before the season's over, but sometimes not. Kind of that end of mid-end of November time frame and um, – yeah, they just, uh, as far as, like, flights and stuff go, like, in the morning's always good, depending on what they're doing. We shoot a lot of them in the afternoon, too, uh, like, in cornfields and stuff. But, sure. uh, 
Yeah, you just whatever they do the day before, hope they do it again the next day. Or there's never a right answer, you know. Something you're wrong just as much as you know thinking fish are going to be on docks this day and they're not. You know, right? Same deal. So like, is like a good duck spot like a? It's not like a Tonka spot where you got poachers left and right. Or like, is it? Do you have to worry about like people finding your your duck hunting holes and shit? Uh, yeah, but I mean, a lot of them are public. They're not gonna. That's the other thing. Like fish, and you find fish on a spot, they'll be there for weeks, you know, or something. Sure. Up here, like down there, down duck hunting and stuff. If it's on public, it's gonna get shot the next day. Like gotcha. no doubt about it. And it's, then it's done. Sure. Sure. So, so you're just constantly chasing around. There's no like finding a honey hole and going. burning them down. I mean, sometimes you might get two hunts out of a spot, but the second one's never as good. And sure. I mean, sometimes in the course of a year, you can maybe get three hunts out of a spot, but it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's not like a fishing hole. You can go catch fish every day off of. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it doesn't reload, so to speak. No. Okay. No. They don't like dying. That's like yeah, their number one goal is to not die. Can't reproduce if you're dead, I suppose. Yeah. Um, they got a will to live. Right. What's your gad, gad of choice? Uh, I'm a 28 gauge guy now. Okay. Yeah. Like semi? Yeah. Okay. Semi auto Benelli. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I've shot clays. Sweet little gun. That's as close as I've got. Yeah. But do you usually do it out of a boat or do you freaking like, uh, no. I mean, we will hunt water, but usually we're standing in it. Um, and then do a bit of field hunting too. So sure, boat is usually just getting from point A to point B. Gotcha, gotcha. So like goose, duck, or turkey. Like, do you have like a favorite of those uh, three? Well, right now it's March, so like turkeys are just gonna be coming up soon. You know, it's like April, May, whatever. Um, so that's like my favorite at the moment but gotcha. you know if you ask me in october november my favorite's going to be the greenhead and as far as geese go um we shoot a few of them but i i, I don't mess with them that much i'd say that depending on the time of the year my favorite thing to do is either kill greenheads or turkeys okay and the goose i could really care less about minus like there's like some times early and sometimes late when they're open and nothing else is so gotcha i'll mess with them then but i could yeah i could care less if i ever shoot another goose Rather go ducking. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> that's sweet, dude. So turkey hunting, that's got to be like, uh, like you fish for work. That's your job. So hunting's like your vacation. Yeah. Versus like for most people, they go like bass fishing on their vacation. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. no, that's, so that's kind of like your release. Yeah. Getting you through the spring and yeah. all that. Yeah, I look forward to it, yeah. Well, that's cool. Turkeys are smarter than people give them credit for or not so much uh, they can be they're real each one's a little different gotcha. some are super dumb and some are super smart and sometimes that same bird might be uh one or the other any given day too so sure but yeah they're uh sometimes it feels like they're smart we're super smart and i don't know sometimes it seems pretty easy sure they fly and shit right they fly uh they don't do a ton of flying they'll fly like if they get spooked or you know coyote or something's after them and then other than that they they live they sleep in trees at night so they fly up into the trees right before the sun goes down and fly out of them right away in the morning but okay they're not like flying around like a duck or goose does you know sure like most days he's probably just gonna fly down fly up and that's it but they will fly if they're getting chased or something 
But they're, yeah, they're pretty good runners. Pretty fast. Yeah. They have like different gobbles. Uh, uh gobbles are kind of all the same. I mean, some the jakes sound a little different sometimes, but gotcha. um, yeah, the hens make a lot more different noises than the gobblers. They do all kinds of stuff. Like your calling ability with is that kind of like the addicting part of turkey hunting and like duck hunting the, is like the, the interaction in. with them yeah and that, the ducks is different because it's like watching them work and come in all bowed up's really cool but sure um, both of them are real like verbal you know what i mean mm-hmm. you're talking back and forth on the you know, the ducks don't really answer you as much but you can see them react to your call and then uh the turkey's like you call he calls it's like back and forth um talking to the turkey yeah and when they gobble it's like the coolest noise in the woods especially like like right when he can't see him and he's almost there he's like 50 60 yards away in the yeah. brush and he gobbles like really close yeah i've never elk hunted i'm sure it's like a big elk bugling at you when you're in the woods you know real close right. to him but yeah it's it's uh yeah it's a i don't know i i enjoy the hell out of it, it it's cool right because it's it's a little more sneak and attack than like gun season. Like you don't have to wear orange for turkey, no, do you? no. You're full camo right. for turkeys, face mask, gloves. I mean, nothing right. sticking out but your eyeballs. And gotcha. Um, some SEAL Team Six shit. Yeah, they got good eyes, man. You gotta, you gotta. Yeah, like a deer, turkey. you can get away with all kinds of stuff when he's walking by. You can stand. I mean, not always, but you can get away with some movement. A turkey, like. You move at all or look out of place, he's gonna. They're fucking picking. Yeah, plus your ground level with them too. You know, I mean they're. Right. They're looking right through you every time. <laughs> Deer, you know, you're up in a tree, so you can kind of. Get away with more stuff, but. Right. Cause you do a little deer hunting too, right? A little right? bit, not much. I, it's one of them deals. Usually, deer season is like the best time to kill ducks, and. Gotcha. Usually, that's what we're doing. So. Sounds like freaking fun. Yeah. So you have dogs in or. I have a dog, but not a duck dog. I got a gotcha. German Shepherd. She just keeps the house safe. Oh, a duck. Yeah, no, that's a yeah. house protector. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from my wife while I'm gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and you, you've got, what, three daughters now? Yep. Three little girls. Damn. Are you going to keep having kids till you have a boy? <laughs> no. Okay. You'll quit at some point? We're done, yeah. Okay. It's over. Getting her nipped? Uh, No, she actually, uh, she got... Um, whatever she had C-section or whatever, and we were both agreed we were done having kids, so they uh fixed her up and wow, yeah. what a she's wow, oh, yeah. God she's bless tough. her, wow. yeah. yeah, yeah, she's way tougher than me, dude. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, you go way back. You've fished the horseshoe chain. You fished. Green Lake and Spicer, you fish the Lahamadu chain, you fish Minnewaska, you fish the Whitefish the Whitefish chain, you fish Leech, you fish Malax, you fish Vermilion, you fished I mean, every lake imaginable in the state. I mean, and you've won a boat on the Denny's back in yeah, or no, Silverado. not the Denny's, the Silverado. Yeah. Yep. You beat Capper for a boat. I've heard his side of the story. Yeah. But I I kind of want to hear your side of the story. Well, I, I don't really have a side to it. I just, you know, I caught a decent bag, and I pulled up to the dock, and he's, like, flashing a ticket at me or something, and, uh, like, you know, out of my hands, you gotcha. know? 
Gotcha. Suppose he had more weight than me, he probably did. But um, what are you going to do? That's the right. rules, you know? Right. So. Well, it was cool talking to him and Shane on the podcast and just them talking about you and how much the, you know respect they have for you and, and what you've done um, nationally, which I think is ultimately you being a real a real dude and not you know being somebody you're not and like competing at the level you're competing i don't think you know anybody in the state really is has gone that has had the success you've had so i guess it's just it's cool to hear that from probably guys you looked up to as a kid oh, and yeah. guys that i've looked up to along with you yeah. since i was a kid and i yeah. guess um yeah Oh, those guys were running things when I was coming up. I mean, that was like, especially Tonka, like, yeah, them two is like, one of the others is going to win, you know? Right. Like, how do you beat these guys? Right, right, right. So, you got any stories about fishing against them? I know, like, I heard some stories about Shane would, like, talk a little smack. Oh, yeah, no, he fired me up. He, Shane, 100%, like, made me a better bass fisherman. Sure. He, like, he was good at well he'd always he'd win a lot you know he'd always talk a bunch of shit too when he wanted he'd be like (laughs) i've never wanted to beat anybody so bad in my life other than shane rambling that motivated you it did like he didn't know it but yeah it like made me try harder for sure sure more mad at him yeah so to speak and then it felt really good when he beat him for sure yeah for sure i've i haven't done it a lot but a few times yeah i haven't either but yeah yeah oh that's cool and uh Lightner was talking about how, like, when he started fishing on Tonka, you know, how you kind of had to earn it and do it the right way. And uh, I guess it's changed a lot since you've been. But, um, like, what's the most challenging fishery you've been to? Like, that has just been just an utter challenge because bodies of water down south are not necessarily like bodies of water up in minnesota and i think there's a barrier you know for people up here to an extent with time on the water and just the the terrain difference and yeah then, like the lake but yeah no where i struggled the most i wouldn't i'm not gonna say one specific lake but like tidal fisheries when i first started and i'm still not great on them but at least semi understand them now a little bit but um that's where I struggled the most because I felt like you could fish through like the winning spot like three hours too early or two hours too late and not get a bite and sure. it would just drive me nuts and then I would catch a couple and maybe the tide wasn't right and it's like oh is this gonna be really good when the tide is right and I don't know I just still it's not it's super inconsistent but there's definitely guys that understand you see certain guys that when they go to like John Cruz like if you ever go to a tidal water of any kind, I don't care where it is, St. John's or Sabine or Potomac or any of that stuff, like mm-hmm. he he makes the top ton every time. <laughs> like he won the California Delta, that was tidal. Like if you're picking right. fantasy dudes and they go to a tidal water, I don't care if everyone's running 300 miles away to some lake to fish, like put him in the top ten or in your fantasy for sure. Sure, sure. Like he makes the top ten every time we fish tidal water. That. I didn't even think of that. Cruz is real good title fisherman. Like, yeah. Every yeah. time we he go to from one, Virginia, he cracks him, yeah. Huh. He, he, so I'm saying there's definitely guys that understand it, you know, the right. guys that do it. But 
Well, it's like river levels, kind of. It's like watching river water levels or more yeah. hour to hour. Even. Yeah, I mean, you're going to change three different times a day where like. a river's just either it's coming up or it's going down, you know? Right. It's not right. doing both at once. <laughs> yeah, that's a different animal. Knowing where, where and when, that's got to be freaking nuts. But, I mean... We don't need to talk too much about the Elite Series if you don't want to. We can. Whatever. Mean, Ask away. Um, I think you have a little bit of fun, and I think you roll with like a, a good crew of guys, and I think you guys kind of changed the, the culture a little bit of, of bass fishing. And I was listening to a Mercer podcast with Maddie. Yeah. And, you know, it, they kind of touched on that, and it, it kind of made me realize and i remember when mlf did the did the change to the bpt and you released that epic wolf of wall street <laughs> cover video yeah. i'm not fucking leaving and i think that really you know paved the way for i guess that that bro kind of brotherhood that you guys have at the elites of you know keeping it real and keeping it yeah you know what did it what the sport should be in your guys's mind or yeah, what have you. Everyone's but, views a little different on that, but yeah, yeah, just gonna do what we do. And we're just bass heads, just like the old school guys. We're just, I don't know, a little different, I guess. Gotcha. I feel like you once you have success on the Elite Series, is there a lot of pressure that like builds up with that? Like earlier on, there was less like maybe pressure. Yeah. You're just swinging, and the more you have success, it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, I, I honestly, like, the most pressure I ever felt was, like, the year after I won Angler of the Year, which you would think that would be, like, the least pressure time of your life. Like, you just won AOI. Like, right. But, like, that next year, I, I don't know, I felt more pressure for myself to, like, try to do that again the next year, or, like, come close or whatever. I don't know. But, right. like uh fear of doing really shitty and like um i don't know i mean there's a lot of stuff i put on myself but uh you know that's the most pressure i ever felt fishing the elite series honestly maybe other than like the very beginning but for very different reasons you know is there like a a trick you use to stay calm like happy gilmore would have like his happy place so to speak <laughs> you know do you have like do you have like this you know, something you go to or something you do and you need to, you know, do that or. No, nah, I just, I just tell myself to, I don't, it doesn't always work, but, um, yeah, I don't have a happy place or anything like that. Gotcha. Kind of just, yeah. Just tell myself to chill out and talking. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. They say talking to yourself is a good thing to do. I do it. Yeah. All day, every day. I'm fucking crazy too. Yeah, absolutely. Dude. I talk to myself, but so who's the worst to live with? With the guys you you live with, is it is it the Canadians or is it is it Maddie? Because who who do y'all room together then? Uh, me, the Maddie, list? and the Johnsons, and sometimes Gussie, but um, not as much lately. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess the hardest to room with's got to be Maddie. <laughs> uh, the Johnsons are pretty. They're pretty chill. Man, something's always going on with Maddie. Gotcha. Yeah. Was, yeah. 
just every hour of his life something's happening <laughs> i don't know how else to describe it i mean it just good seems bad like, indifferent yeah he's a wild man he seems oh, just yeah. like a loose cannon he is you don't know what you're gonna get yeah do the johnsons bring like hockey sticks with them too or i've never seen a hockey stick no they definitely they talk about it a lot um yeah i've never seen a hockey stick i feel like the those rooming things like everybody kind of brings something to the table a little bit like i feel like matt robertson's like pretty good ledge fisherman oh yeah for sure you know and one, of the, one of the best i mean you're extremely good at you're very versatile i would say you're really good at flipping but you're also a good smallmouth angler and then you got like gussie probably brought a lot of things to the table and yeah. the johnston's too oh, yeah. do you think that is kind of like something that has helped all of you guys for sure yeah, yeah. is that common like what are what are like the what are the various you know clicks around like the elite series that kind of do that because or is everybody or is it a little more open than that no there's quite a few little groups of you know two three four guys that all stay together and i don't know like what their relationships like how much they share or don't or whatever sure um but there's definitely little groups for just for lodging purposes and it's pretty easy to a lot easier you know if you got a little core group you're always renting houses with and know what you're getting into so Oh, there's a handful of those, and then, you know, there's a few guys that are just kind of all by themselves, and then, sure. um, yeah, so they mix it up, but yeah, staying together with each other, I think, definitely makes all of us better. Right. I mean, learn little stuff from them, because everybody's really good at something, you know. Right, because what are you guys, like, allowed to talk about versus, like, not allowed to talk uh, about? Wide open with competitors okay. in the tournament. I mean, okay. We could give each other waypoints if we want. Really? Or, okay. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's so, definitely Yeah. But probably. anyone else you can't say anything to, you know. That's gotta be hard. You probably got people just Yeah, it just to makes you, you look like a dick most of the time. Like some guy he knows nothing about the rules or anything, like at a gas station, hey man, you gotta go fish this creek and throw a spinner bait and it's right. like I can't get any information. And he's like, What? I'm like, <laughs> I can't get any information. And he's like, Oh my bad, I don't know. And, and like you just look like a dickhead and right. he thinks you're an asshole and Yeah, everyone's confused. Sure. Yeah. I mean I feel like that becomes so gray. But they like no, that. they need to have it that way. That I one, agree. that rule's pretty black and white. I mean, there's no that's gray good. in that you can't talk to anybody that's not fishing the tournament sure. about fishing stuff. So what about the guy blabbing at the gas station though? Well you just I mean you gotta cut him off and immediately tell him that you can't get information, you gotta stop them from blabbing. Gotcha. So. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Um. But yeah. How many people do you think break that rule? Uh. I mean, I definitely know a guy that would like let the guy talk forever the whole time, and then after the guy's done talking, he'd be like, "I can't get any information," and like he doesn't fish with us anymore. But um. Yeah, so that stuff's going on. But if you had, like, a complete wide open get info rule, I don't think it'd be very good. Just because, no. you know. Well, that's how it used guy, to be. Yeah, to an extent. You know, I mean, like a 30-day off limits or whatever. And I mean, wide it used open to be, before that, no doubt. Oh, it yeah. used to be get all the waypoints you can oh, from yeah. everybody game, right? Like, from what I've heard yeah. about oh, absolutely. old I days mean, yeah. with the elites, it wide was all open, get, yeah. get you a local. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like, Sorry about that. No worries. I bumped it. Um, yeah, guys, you see it. All the juice. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes it really hard, like, starting out. Like, I think when I started, you could get information for the first couple of years or whatever, and it's like, I don't know anybody anyways. And that stuff never really worked for me. But, yeah, there's some guys that are, you know, the best fishermen on that lake. Gave them all their waypoints. Gotcha. But at that time, it, that's kind of confusing, too, you know. I don't – it never worked for me just because I can never, like – I don't know. When you find your fish, you – like you got your dot, you knew where he threw, and like someone yeah. else tells you to go somewhere, and you fish around, and you don't catch anything. It's like I don't know. Anyways, right, right. Um, I agree completely. Yeah, like that. I never done well off anybody's shit, but I, you know, probably wasn't getting the best shit anyways. Um, but yeah, I it used to be that. used to be wide open, but yeah, a guy could get all the best spots on the lake from somebody, but you know that doesn't always. I mean, sometimes it's beneficial, obviously. It's worked out for really well for some guys. Right. But, uh, right. I don't know. It didn't work for me. I'm with you, man. It seems like anytime you get, you know, someone else's hole, I can't catch, I always seem to be able to catch fish better off, you know, stuff that I find yeah, or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. there's something to be said about that. And I think, uh, you know, with kids, you know, trying to learn to do this, I think there, there needs to be more of like, everybody understanding that you know and i think it'd be maybe a better place to fish but what's your favorite thing to do when you're driving like to a derby like you've got long hours is there what do you do to pass the time do you listen to podcasts do you listen to music do you mix it up do you audiobook do you meditate uh no usually just music and crank up music and burn the miles down you know a little bit yeah. of phone talking but uh not a ton that's cool that's cool i suppose yeah you probably i mean you're a popular man how much do you get hit up like who, how do you deal with all of that that's gotta be to me just i don't get hit up that much anymore i got like i don't know three four people i talk to on a regular basis and that's about it nice like, yeah it's pretty pretty small group that's that's good because yeah dealing with having to respond to that many people and do what you're doing probably a lot of work but yeah yeah it's not that bad yeah you catch up with fig at all yeah lately Uh, i haven't talked to him in a little bit we usually talk obviously a lot more during fishing season you know to call him up and get the run down in the denny's and what's biting where they're biting whatnot but uh yeah He's good shit. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Uh, that story about the Russian, I just died, dude. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that Russian chick. Yeah. Died. Oh, yeah. Died. And then, well, we won't go there, but... <laughs> we don't need to go there. What's that? Well, we can cut... Yeah, when he got his D-dub. Oh, on Tonka? Yeah. That's a B-dub. Oh yeah, B dub. Yeah, yeah. That was a rough night. Oh man, I think we won that tournament yeah, or something you, too. You did. And got all fucked up at that, and he's or at Fletcher's after the tournament. And then, yeah, fucking got his boat impounded. Yeah, bad deal. Impounded. I think so. Or they kept it at the ramp or something. I don't know. Like he didn't have his boat for a day or two. Damn. Yeah. You dodged a bullet from the sounds of it. Yeah, I don't remember what happened there. 
don't know if he gave me a ride home, went back, or what the hell happened. But yeah, I just remember the next morning he wasn't there. You've probably spent more hours on that lake than any other lake in the world. Oh, you for say? sure, like times a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Talk. Tell me some old days Tonka stories mm. with like Fig or whoever. Tell me one uh, one good old Tonka story. I see. I suck at this. I can never remember nothing. Oh, you're fine, dude. Um, I don't know. We had a lot of good times there. One story. Uh, hell, I don't remember when it was. For I think we did pretty good. I don't know if we won or not, but uh, one time we were, I don't know, it was blast or Denny's morning of the Denny's. Wake up like my alarm didn't go off or nothing. It's like half an hour before blast off. Like whatever, we'll make up some times. We're blasting at seven thirty, and we woke up at seven or six thirty and six, whatever it was. But um, yeah, wake up like thirty minutes before blast off. We're literally. I mean, it's like 25 minutes to Maxwell's where we always put in it. Wake Fig up, jump out of the truck. It's all hooked up. Rip like 95 miles an hour to Gray's Bay because it's closer. 15 minutes or whatever. Put the boat in. Run on pad through every no-wake zone all the way to Fletcher's. Roll through check-in. Went out and fished a tournament. And like, I don't know, only missed our boat number by like 10 spots or something. Or maybe we caught our boat number. I don't remember, but... I just remember going on pad through the Arcola because boats are already coming out, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. We had a later boat number, and, uh, you know, like the first five boats were already coming to the right. Arcola, and we're just flying through the no-wake right <laughs> past them going to check in. And, so you flew uh, through the Arcola Bridge oh, on from gray, plane. Oh, from Gray's, dude, it was, we woke up in a panic, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like, we're for sure going to be late. Yeah. And we somehow get to Gray's Bay at, like, whatever five minutes before blast off get the boat in the water park the truck and like the second fig touched the boat it was full throttle all the way as fast as my boat would go i think i had a basket then i was running like 75 like out of grays through everything and right through there calling into i saw it down at the the west arm channel so but yeah, That's we had a good derby. I, I, we might have won that one. I don't remember or not, but I think we had a good tournament. That's freaking sweet. Well, you know how it, like you got you'd been fishing the elites, so you guys get back together and it's like good old times. And you probably had, like stayed up a little later that night because you're catching up. And I don't, know, what, I don't know what it was. I can't remember. I just remember waking up at uh, <laughs> yeah, like 25 minutes before blast off in Bloomington. Fuck yeah. So Bankston told me that story, but, oh, yeah? but from the perspective of idling under the Airco Bridge, and yeah, it was panic at the disco, Bankston, full on, like they were ripping through the Arcola Bridge, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you Bankston and Fig go way way back, oh, yeah. early days. Yeah, all Bloomington kids, same age, same grade. Yep, yep, because yeah. uh, like. You fished a little bit with Brad Longerbone when, yeah. like, you f- attention all smallmouth anglers. Have you thrown the marabou jig? Have you thrown the hair jig? Well, if you have, you're going to want to listen right now. This podcast is brought to you by Veselka Fishing and Customs, a custom rod shop based out of Minnesota, and he has developed the answer, folks. What if I told you you could throw that marabou jig 30 to 50% further? than you're casting it right now. Well, the 
Well, Dane, Mr. Veselka himself, has developed the answer. It's a custom 8-foot hair jig rod developed on a steelhead fly blank. He's put custom fly guides on this, so you're really going to be able to outcast the competition, catch more smallmouth. They aren't going to see you. What more do you need? Here's what I need you to do right now. Visit VeselkaFishing.com. That's V-O-C-E-L-K-A Fishing.com. This is the 8-foot hair jig rod, but this guy can build you anything you want. If you can dream it, he can do it. This episode is brought to you by Just North of Memphis Barbecue. This is world champion barbecue. If you smoke meat and you don't like good barbecue, I do not know what to tell you right now besides you need to try some of this stuff. They've got their rub. They've got their sauces right on their website. They've got their famous dry rub award-winning seasoning that you can put on ribs, brisket, pulled pork, chicken, wings, anything you like to put on the smoker, on the oven, on the grill, any meat you like to cook. You need some of this dry rub seasoning in your life. But don't forget the sauce because that's award-winning world champion sauce here. No matter what flavor you like, they've got three different sauces and they are all good. You can drink them straight out the bottle. We've got Sweet Christie's for all you sweet loving barbecue folk. We've got Christie's Mischief for all you spicy bass anglers out there. And then we've got Christie's Gold and they'll sell all three of them in a combo but you need to go to their website right now it's jnomemphis.com that's jnomemphis.com dry rub sauce barbecue let's go first started kind of bass fishing uh i mean i've been bass fishing a while but right uh that was like the first year two years i did the denny's i think i fished with longer bone and sure. then sure um started fishing with fig after that but yeah you know we fished a handful of tournaments together out there right yeah and then uh did you fish the silverados as an am before you fished it as a a pro because that was kind yeah. of the thing to do i did yeah that junior angler a junior angler program so i fished two years on co-angler on the silverado okay yeah that's pretty mint i did that for two years yeah. it was it was entries and oh i didn't get the free entries no no i thought it was for us. maybe for it like i don't think it cost you were fishing that. as a pro when i was fishing as an am so that might have changed okay um i mean was the lottery still involved when you were fishing like the i was on the I fished it till it was no more. Um, okay, yeah. So but it, two, three years it before it was no more, but it was yeah, not no. what it used to be. No. Yeah, when the lottery, when the state lottery was sponsoring, that's when I fished the junior angler. Right. The junior co, whatever you want to call them. No, I remember fishing that as an am, and this was Minnewaska, and I think you had won the year before on Minnewaska for the Silverado. And I heard some story, this could be true, it could be not true, that Brandon Moore was, like, cutting you off in practice on docks and, like, sticking four-pounders because you had won, like, the year before or something. That was, like, the talk before that Minnewaska tournament anyway. I don't remember that at all. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, I figured it was just uh, 
doc talk rumors but uh, yeah. yeah that silverado deal um i mean that really got me into tournament fishing dude. oh that yeah me am, dude yeah uh, and then the junior bass stuff but um what what was like the big pivot point for you at the silverados like because i didn't i didn't catch early early seth fighter i caught like Big Bass Bonanza, you fishing that with Figgy, and then the Silverado Seth Fighter, you know, because I lived out here. Yeah. Um, what would, like, what was the Seth Fighter like prior to that? Like, what did I miss between then? Because you were kind of a phenom the first year I was an AM on the Silverado, like jumping from the back to the front of a boat in that transition where you're like. I got this, or has that always been in your brain, like, to fish, keep growing in your tournament career? Like, you've just gone like this. Yeah, that was, there was a few years off between that. Like, I did the co-angler stuff when I was 17, 18, and then I don't know if I started doing the Silverado again, like, as a boater till I was probably, like, 22, 23, 24, sure. or something like that trying to think when that was yeah it'd have been like 22 something like that okay um and uh yeah i don't think i i think it started out decent but i'd fish like a bunch of team stuff in between then too yeah um and then uh i think the what was the silverados like oh eight oh seven Something like that. Um, yeah, just, I don't know, kind of had some decent finishes on them and then got lucky and won that uh, the tour cha- tournament champions. I don't, the Silverado wasn't around much after that, I don't believe. Because was the yellow was, and blue boat the one you won? Was that yellow and blue uh, no. Ranger? No. Okay. No. Uh, the boat I won, I sold the Fig. Okay. Um, that was. It was that black and red with the Yamaha on it. Yep. Ranger okay. Z yep. I remember that. Twenty or Z nineteen or whatever. Yep. Uh yeah, that was the boat I won. Sold that to Fig. And uh Yeah, that's really like my first big hit anywhere. Sure. Anything was that tournament and um Yeah, it was just a cool deal and then um kept fishing them from there when did when did you start fishing them the silverados i think somewhere between 08 and 2010 okay yeah yeah 2008 i feel like was the first year i maybe did them or 09 must have been 08 or i guess i should say 08 was when i did really good 09 i don't think they were around much longer 09 maybe 010 or 10 um but yeah I think you won on Waska, I think, one year. And Shane won on Waska. Yeah. But, yeah. The year they went to the Horseshoe Chain was the last year that uh, the Silverado existed. Okay. I think, I can't remember what year that was, but I, I don't know. I think you were, because what year did you start fishing the Opens? Like, because it took you. I think it was 2012. Yeah, okay. Because it took you only like, I mean, it took you like two years? Three years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. I got it at 12, 13, 14, and then 15 was my rookie year. 
Okay. And like the opens then versus the opens now, I mean, quite a seems a little bit different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> I don't want to go back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Like yeah, not fun anymore. No, like dude. before it was. I mean, guys are trying to do it. Don't get me wrong, but like. It wasn't like it is now. Like the whole field's trying to do it now, you know. Yeah, like, like a lot of those guys were just they'd fish them because they were, you know, two hours from their house. Right. Fucking Why wouldn't you jackpot and open or whatever? But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like I don't know. When I was doing it, there was probably fifty guys trying to actually. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody's kind of doing it, trying, but you know, like guys like, that were like traveling around dead set on it and now there's 180 of them right. even more so you know back then you only need to fish three right totally well and there was multiple divisions but none of them came our way no well they had northern division <laughs> northern new york northeast division yeah yeah new york division is smally fishing over there like different than than here not really um i mean you got the lake ontario deal which is more Great Lakes, Wisconsin stuff, but basically the same. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Are they, like, because I've noticed here that you've got pelagic-ass smallies, and then you have, like, more structure-based smallies. Like, I would say Malax smallmouth are more, like, structure-based, yeah. and, like, Pokegama smallmouth are, like, more pelagic, right? Yeah, for and sure. more Great Lakes seems to be more pelagic. Yeah. And... I don't know. Like, is it, the, I mean, you just have gobies over there, I guess. Like, Champlain has gobies and shit. Yep. A lot of gobies, but, um, yeah, they eat all the same stuff. It doesn't really much matter. Sure. I don't even think they really eat gobies that much, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Maybe in the winter, I think, is when they really get on them. Sure. Just because they don't have to move. What makes you, what makes you think that? Uh, just... Or why, Go to why lakes that? that are like full of gobies and like they don't really puke up a lot of gobies. You know gotcha. what I mean? Gotcha. It's like a like a crawdad's like a smallmouth will swim past a thousand gobies to eat a crawdad. I can see that. Like no sure. doubt. Really? And that's summertime. That's when we're fishing them. You know? Sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't see that many spit up gobies in my live well. And that's weird because like a a goby seems like softer to eat yeah like then a, then a yeah crawfish, for sure but i don't know maybe they don't taste as good it, i mean but yeah. you definitely see the fishing getting better in places that get them but uh seems like it that could be for multiple reasons um you got zebra mussels too yeah zebra mussels and then smallmouth predation on eggs and stuff you know that's gonna make your fish bigger sure um <laughs> but i, I I, I could see, like, when they're wintered up or they're just, like, laying on the bottom not moving. Sure. Like, there's gobies every, everywhere. The, really? the places they're in, they're, like, everywhere. Like, you can't go foot without there being a goby. I think when they're, yeah. when they're, like, bellied up dead middle of winter, I think they probably add a lot more weight with gobies in the system just because, you know, they could sit there and one's going to swim within two inches of their mouth and just suck it in and right. not have to do anything. It's easy. Um, sure. But it seems like in the summer months, I don't... Obviously, they eat them. I mean, no doubt about it, they eat them. But sure. I just see so much more, like, perch and crawdad and stuff like that in my live well, even on these gobri 
fisheries that are you know you throw a drop shot down there it's just brr, 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 like yeah 24 7 like sure sure there's a goby every six inches and why is he puking up a crawdad you know what i mean dude that's an interesting i i'd never heard that before just something i've noticed so you know anything about like sculpin like yeah. up, up in our neck of the woods do you yeah. think they was like i feel like on the lax they like they like sculpin. I've had a few Malax fish puke up a sculpin after I've caught them, but I just don't think they don't they don't have the numbers like a, a goby does. You know what I mean? Right. Obviously, they're sculpin in there, but the only time I've ever seen them is like puked up from a smallmouth. Sure. And uh, pretty rare, even at that, compared to like most of what they're puking up. Yeah, a lot of um, crawdad. Yeah, yeah, or flies, or yeah, whatever. Mm. Um. So. I just don't, you know, they don't take over like a goby does. There's not 20 billion sculpting in Malax. There's a thousand, right? 10,000. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, it's like us eating lobster. You know, we eat it probably once every, I mean, I can't even remember when I've eaten lobster, to be yeah, honest. It's been a while. <laughs> but not yeah. very often, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the sculpting. Yeah. Yeah. But you get on on Malax. Malax much anymore? Uh, maybe once or twice a year. Yeah, yeah. That's even changed a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I know my like my boulders are all shot. I know that. Like. Well, yeah. I'd I be mean, best off going to ones that I never fished before. Yeah, flotilla. Like, I mean, they're yeah, done. Oh yeah. Like I had some nice ones too. They're Got just the old trash aerial map. Just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're trashed. Yeah. But whatever. I guess go find new ones. Right. Right. How many people, like, you've won a tournament cranking for smallies. That's probably the coolest tournament I've ever seen you fish was that tournament on St. Clair. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, cranking for smallies, I've tried it. Uh, I haven't got, like, the super same success. Do you think that plays on, like, more lakes than just St. Clair? And, oh, yeah. Like, like I, that I don't, Green Lake and Spicer, like, I won – a lot of tournaments on a crankbait on that really yeah. like a dt10 actually a wiggle war wiggle war yeah. okay that's yeah, cool at the time yeah the biggest school small i've ever seen in my life was on that lake really yeah it was like that lake was like closed to, for like catch yeah. and release or something yeah. to like what oh six maybe yep something like that oh six like oh seven was like the first year i fished there i might be off plus or minus a couple of years but nah, somewhere in there it was a year after they opened it and i like was fishing off uh i think it's castle flats yep there's like a sharp break on the <laughs> one side of it or whatever and i throw my crankbait you know just kind of like cast into the light staying out deep and bringing it off that break and i ho- hook a small mouth and literally an area like probably the size of the shop maybe a little bit bigger like i'm fighting this fish bringing it up it's in practice an area like the size of this sh- shop right here like turned brown just came off the bottom with it, it was like I don't know, like probably like 300. No shit. Mouse, like came up with the one I hooked. I'm like, oh my God. And that was like right before a two day, it was a two day tournament. I think it was Angler's Elite. That's like, I think it was that one. First day I went there and like seven casts, eight fish lemon. I don't know. I had like 30, I don't know, 30, 31, something like that. Yeah. Like yep. I made like eight casts in the morning. This is like before Spotlock 2, it's gas and like 20. Like, I troll up to my dot, fire it out there, hook on, big on, you know, you're messing with it, fighting it, yeah. get in the net, like, 
five minutes with the pliers, like Suck. in the live well, then like troll like 200 yards back up to my waypoint, <laughs> make another cast, same deal. Just did that like eight times and then uh, and left him alone, even though I probably could have caught more. And then yeah. go there the next day and like didn't get a bite. Fuck. Yeah. So that was awesome. Dude. Yeah. And like with a crankbait for smallies, like with that wiggle work, were you touching the sand grass no not running? even close no that You're baits up. running six eight yep feet down and realistically they're on like a sharp break sure the top was like maybe eight and then like realistically those fish were in like 15 feet of water just i got gotcha. you you know seeing it run over their head and come up and get it damn so why like why is that with smallmouth you like your crankbait's not hitting bottom and it seems like I don't catch largemouth unless my crankbait's yeah. banging into something. No doubt. What? Why do you think that is? Um, with the largemouth, that's all like reaction bite, you know. Um, yeah. Like your reason you get bit when you're hitting stuff is so deflecting or whatever. With smallmouth, I think they're just super curious and they like feeding up. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you can catch them cranking on the bottom, but you definitely don't have to be. And right. It seems like they get the bait like a thousand times better too. Sure. Like when it when they come up and get it. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean like if they're got to pin something against the bottom, you know, they're biting the top of the bait. There's no hooks on it and like you're just catching them on an edge or something, you know. Sure. Um but when they come up and get it, they just swallow. Like you know, most ones you catch just got your bill sticking out their mouth like shit. They just came up and swallowed it, you know. Well, and like a wart's kind of it's super yeah. erratic. Yeah. Like you think about like fluking a smallie or something like or a jerk bait. Yeah. I mean, a wiggle wart's basically a hunting kind of. Yeah. Except it's just, I mean, it's a yeah. pretty wide, dumb looking bait. Yeah, but, but small monster, they're a curious critter. You know, mm-hmm. they see something ripping over them, they run up on it. How many old ones you got? Like the OG one? Uh, honestly, I always caught them on the, like the newer the ones. ones. Yeah. yeah. So I never. I got a bunch of old ones now that I bought in them, but I'm always like afraid. I shouldn't say a bunch. I got a few, but I'm always like afraid to throw them because I'm think I'm just gonna get them hung and broke them off, so I don't even use them. So I don't know. I got you. I got, yeah. I got, they just sit in a tackle box with collector's pieces. Yeah, that's like, cool. Well, I I bought them to use them. I'm just afraid to throw them. But sure. Yeah. Uh, with the crankbaits, it seems like they've come a long way. But I yeah, I was gonna ask you about the new power pole trolling motor. Okay. I heard about it. I'm yeah. I'm curious from like an insider perspective. It's fifty two hundred bucks. Yeah, I just I found mean, that out recently. I figured they were kind of like the same price as everything else. Gotcha. But yeah, no, they're like. Are double. you going that route or? Yeah, no, I'm gonna get one. Um, this weekend. Okay. A week from today, basically. What so. What's so cool about it? I like it uh, seems legit. It's got some cool features. It's um. It's faster, it's stronger, it's quieter, like silent, silent. Like, like super quiet? Like silent, silent. Like, okay. I can't express to you how quiet it is. Really? Yeah. Like significantly quieter? Like it makes zero noise. Okay. You know, like when you got an Altrex, it's just... Yeah. When you're spinning it and like... Even for an Altrex to be silent, you're like talking maybe two or three on the pedal. This thing's like wide open same noise level damn so and then like spy locks just as good 
I can't attest to that. I sure. haven't tried the spotlight feature, but I got I ripped one through a bunch of grass in Florida and chopped some stuff up. And um, yeah, so as far as the rest of the stuff goes, I don't know about, but it, it's silent, like moving side to side, and then um, the motor itself when it's spinning the prop, it's makes no noise. Right. Well, there's probably a lot less busted rods on the like motorhead either. That thing's like kind of yeah, tiny. Not, so. Oh, your boat's gonna go. At least a mile an hour faster with it, just from sheer aerodynamics. Depending on how many graphs you got up there. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll help. Right. Yeah. Well, that's been, like, the craziest thing. I feel like the whole electronics thing has been, like, you know, like Putin with the nuclear arms race. Like, it's, oh, yeah. like, getting, oh. getting wild. What's the – who's running, like, the craziest graph setup on tour? Do you have anybody – is anybody, like, holy shit, he's got, like – eight screens up for a hundred like something like uh, that brian news a little out of control <laughs> and then uh but uh i'm gonna mess up his name the rick the japanese rookie he's like oh the one who, he's only got three up front but he's got like 16s and stuff you know it's like yeah three big ones yeah, yeah. Well, is that the dude on seminoles throwing the little fucking cube spider thing yeah yep okay I, I, yeah i'm I'm you ever shake the dice? Say his name, so. You ever shake the dice? Throw that dice no, thing in not, zone? No. That was the wildest no, shit I've ever seen. I saw some seen. videos on it last year from Japan, but yeah. Throw him the spider. Spider. Throw him the spider. No, there's like tackle coming out the ears. Everybody's making tackle. I'm take a piss. Fuck yeah. Right. Something about high life in a bottle. Oh, that's that's like. Tastes trash out of the can. I don't know why that is either. I don't either two totally different beers i agree i yeah. agree i agree i don't know what it is um and then uh miller light i'm not a big miller light guy either but i'll drink whatever yeah, but i'll drink it but yeah not preferred yeah and you've been with like tin how long you been with tin cup probably like three years okay three four at least three years yeah that's a pretty sick yeah hook up oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Well, man, loves it. <laughs> Pedro? Oh, yeah. Pedro's got, like, I don't know how many of them old silver cups he's got, but it's a lot. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah, hundreds. Is that, uh, what do you guys drink? Do you guys drink a lot on the road, or? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Not a, we're, we're not partying by any means. Maybe a drink or two at dinner, and right. that's it. If we get an off day, we might have a few beers or whatever, you know, maybe, but, uh, <laughs> If you got an off day, like what? What do you guys? What's like? What do we like? Who? Who's? What's happening on an uh, off day? Usually just a good dinner and a couple drinks and maybe a few and um, yeah, sleep in and rig up tackle. Gotcha. So like uh, in hockey, they call them puck sluts. We won't. We won't talk about uh, like. Ramp tramps, yeah, yeah. I mean, how many? How many? Is there like a lot? No, there's not. There's a few. It's like a small club. Yeah, it's it's not, not many. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. it's the same ones. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I should say there's like some new ones come around every once in a while, but yeah, I'm not, not uh, not messing with them. They're out there though. Look out. Yeah. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, that's definitely not a lot. 
It's not like it's a, not like a hockey game. No, no, <laughs> no. Cause you played you played hockey as a kid, right? Ah, uh, not not legit hockey. No, okay. I mean pond hockey, yeah. and whatever. There's a couple rinks in Blo- outdoor rinks at Bloomington. We'd skate up, but never put the pads on or nothing. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Just a pair of choppers, and my brother's old ass skates, and he played real hockey and gotcha. whatever. My closet when I was growing up had a bunch of sticks in it, and um, yeah, just messed around there. Cause so you have one brother. Do you have like, is that your only sibling? I got a brother and a sister. Okay, yeah, they're both older, like a mini Brady bunch. My dad had one, my mom had one, and then they got married and had me. So oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So you got you got because did your mom have a cowbell at? So your mom was has she always been. Noise. She makes noise. Yeah, you don't know where she's at for sure. Yeah, dude. She's I remember the Silverado. She's yeah. loud. Oh yeah, she got a little hand clapper thing. Yeah, and she's always screaming. And yeah, she make. Yeah, you've always you had, know where she's at. You've always had good support that yeah, way. Like, for sure. I mean, it might have been what even two people, but it was the loudest cheering crowd oh, at yeah. the Silverados. Yeah, and, oh, I'm um, fired up. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, how. Do you and her keep in touch, like, oh, pretty yeah. good? Yeah, no, we just had dinner the other night. Cool. She usually comes over. Oh, yeah, I'm at, when I'm home, like, we usually have dinner once a week or once every other week. Sure. But, you know, I'm gone two, three weeks at a time and come home and catch up with them a little bit. Gotcha, gotcha. <clears throat> well, like, fishing, it's like a, it's like a, it's a business. And a lot of times, like, it's a family business. And, like, to have kids and to have all of that, like, you probably have pretty good support group, like, you know, working around you, I would assume, or it takes a little bit of yeah. team effort with the absolutely. wife and stuff. Oh, and absolutely. I'd yeah. be worthless without her, yeah. For sure. Well, yeah. Like, I, she's listening. I can just fish, and she does everything else. That's awesome. Yeah. Does she help on the business end at all? Or oh, you, yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Like, yeah. I don't know how much anything is, you know. Gotcha. Like, so she takes care of everything. She runs the books. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. you got it. That's yeah. what's up. No, I just fish and hunt a little and... Yeah, that's wonderful. Oh, it's yeah, no complaints. It's wonderful. Well, you, I mean, you always find something to bitch about, right? But it's, uh, I mean, dude, that's so cool. Yeah. And uh, fuck, you get to bass fish, you get to hunt, and but there's a dad involved there too. Like, Absolutely. So how has that been? A, yeah, I I don't know, dude. I'm. I'm not ready for kids. They scare the fuck out yeah, of me. Like, I was holy scared shit. too. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Like. Uh, I was terrified, but uh, I won't change anything now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No. Do you, uh, do you have, I mean, do you have aspirations for them to be, you know, fishing or are uh, you kind of like do whatever you want? I mean, I hope they enjoy fishing and it's something we can do together. But as far as like wanting them to be like tournament pros, absolutely not. Like I understand. Yeah. Keep away from if me. you want to go for it, but like, I'm definitely not going to push them down that path. It's, uh, be anything you want. Just don't yeah, be one I mean, of them ramp tramps. Yeah. Whatever your passion is, go after that. I mean, the odds of them wanting to be tournament fishermen is pretty slim to none. And I just hope they, you know, do whatever it is they're into. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. And at the end of the day, that's, that's, yeah, that's the only way to live life. Like, I mean, was that not, if you're not doing what you love, it's going to make, I mean, yeah, like, obviously not everybody can do that, but, um, 
I, I think that's the best thing to do, whether it works out or not. You might be dead broke or make some money, but if you're doing something you love or something you know involved with something you love, it's it's gonna make it a lot easier versus doing something you hate. Amen, dude. Rather be poor and happy yeah. than rich and exactly. pissed off, right? Yeah. yeah. Words to live by, folks. Words to live by. Who's uh, who's been a big like help? I know like you're tight with Polish Pete. Yeah. Um, and it seems like you two have it like a good thing going. Um, you've known Pete how long? How long have you known Pete? Um, I don't even know. Uh, when I met him, he was working at Cabela's and Rogers. Um, I mean, that'd have been back in them big bass bonanza days, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know, somewhere around that. Cabela's and Rogers is where he started. That's where I met him, man. Sure, sure. Yeah. Cause yeah, he's worked up the ranks. Like Dai yeah. was a big name on the map because I think you and Pete. Yeah. And you've been with Daiwa for like a long time and you know, I'm a Shimano guy, but I'm, I don't have a sponsor yeah. or whatever, but that was like fucking cool shit now or something you know yeah, they always have been you know Dad and sure. Shimano, those are like you know but you like brought like i feel like you guys did a lot for daiwa and i feel like pete pete and you made a good team for daiwa yeah for like. sure for sure but i was doing a lot of you know they kind of got out of the marketing game for a while and it just kind of lined up that when they're really getting back into it, it's kind of when we cross paths and I think that had a lot to do with it, too, you know? Sure. Because, like, when I was a kid growing up, like, Team Diet was the shit. Like, they had the baddest pro staff ever, dude. They had, like, Ricky Klon and Danny <laughs> Brower and George Cochran and, like, like all of them. Like, I don't know, there was, like, eight classics in a row, one on, like, TDXs and, you know, them light and tough flipping sticks and stuff. And, like, that was the coolest shit. And then that all disbanded. But, like, when I fell in love with the sport, that was the deal. Yeah, and then kind of when I was getting back into like, I shouldn't say back into it, but when I was kind of approaching that, um, you know, fishing the opens and getting into the elites and stuff, um, that's kind of when they came back and started making another push in the, you know, the marketing world. Sure, sure. Well, it seems like we get a lot of like shit from Japan. Like it seems like, you know, they're at the forefront. You see Japanese coming to a new country, not speaking the language whatsoever not fishing any of our lakes and competing oh, yeah. and winning yeah. in some cases. Yeah. And uh, I know I've heard like Andy Walls tell, told me he fished with talk one time and I've heard a lot of like different stories about talk and stuff, but like Japan, I want to hear like your thoughts on like Japan, what it does to like the bass market over here, because it seems like it's just, there's all this weird shit coming out yeah. and it's all from Japan yeah and are they like for real about all this shit or are they selling and pandering to the united states <laughs> uh, I, don't, I wouldn't i don't think they're really factoring us in really? um i think they just make crazy shit cause just because they're <laughs> real creative and open-minded and yep. you know here we just make the same bait with like a little longer lip on it or something you know like right right uh, yeah not not nothing real creative over here just kind of a lot of tried and true stuff and um over there i think they're just always kind of looking for the next whatever the next sanko or whatever it may be you know and that's so, gangster to me yeah like but i, I yeah i think a lot of their shit don't work you know 
it's just like something a guy came up with but they always do that and then finally you know one of them is a right is a player you know and it's never what you think it would be like the prettiest looking shit doesn't isn't the deal you know what i mean right it's always something like really i mean yeah <laughs> like, i mean look at the senko that was like a ballpoint pen molded right. and i was like oh okay and then every bass that sees it just swims 10 feet over and swallows it right like right. okay and well, then they make like the prettiest most <laughs> lifelike you know bait ever in existence and the bass don't really care for it right right yeah. that's so weird to me um has there ever been like a bait that you have had like felt like you had in your hand that no one else had that you felt like put you at like a like an advantage like i interviewed jim moina for example and he talked about anytime he had a propelling like a uptick in his career it was when he was doing something that no one else was doing yet like with the football jig and stuff have you ever felt like that with the lure no i can't say i have uh i never really i don't know never really like come up with anything or started doing something before somebody else did um maybe not the first guy to do it you know but you learned it from somebody or you had this you had this thing in your hand that you felt unlocked the lake and no one else had like that ultimate confidence level of you know that uh, might be yeah you know? I, um like that first year my rookie year when we went to the st lawrence and i know i was like the only dude throwing a black hair jig there. yeah dude like yeah that i was sniping him there <laughs> but like uh i don't know that don't happen very often Dude, that thing was like when when I first started throwing it, I caught so many more than like throwing it now. And yeah. I wonder if it's because you told everybody you and Gussie or well, it's definitely yeah, like they're seeing it more for yeah. sure. No doubt, but that thing was like felt like cheating sometimes. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was like yeah. live bait. Right. Yeah. right. You saw one, he was dead. <laughs> well, and Okay, you talk about St. Lawrence, but you'd been throwing it a hell of a lot longer than that. Yeah. I mean, I Within definitely reason. didn't come up with it. I learned it at Sturgeon Bay. Sure. I, mean, I think I mean, Choder, only one guy came up with it. Choder so. through Gussie is how I found out about sure. it. Sure, um, And I really didn't even have that much success with it out there at the time when I was told about it. But then I came back to Mille Lacs and started whipping it around, and it was like okay yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah that was about it for as far as bait nobody else had right right and i can't think of of too many i feel like uh like there's a few techniques in minnesota like a certain type of jig worm was one at one point like a super like way to win tournaments on tonka maybe not I don't know. I feel like you what, get the, the right... chartreuse head. Yeah, like like the guy yeah. who came up with the chartreuse head was like. I don't know who that had was. Had to have been like mopping. Bunch of people had them before I started throwing them. Gotcha. So, uh, definitely not on the front of that, but yeah, that definitely worked. I think it still works, but just not as good. But. Well, the water's not the right color anymore. Right, but like you got them lakes down south where you just can't, like them Tennessee River lakes. You when they're schooling on the ledges, you can't catch them all really no they scatter and i feel like our lakes up here didn't used to be that way you just jack all of them out no, of the yeah. school till it fucking well i don't think you never catch them all but um 
I feel like our lakes are getting like Tonka's getting more so like a southern fishery that yeah. way. Yeah, for sure. Just due to pressure. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely like, yeah, now it's like you pull up and catch one or two and you know. Yeah, before it was like pull up and catch like twenty, you know. Sure. And uh yeah, that's definitely not the case anymore, but way she goes. Right. Well, Rob Storer and I have had the conversation about like if you want to go pro and and make it on the elite series you have to fish tonka and you have to you know fish tonka or maybe the river the right? river yeah tonka or the river for sure i absolutely agree and that's just it's it's a little hard for me coming from out here in the west you know you're not that uh, far from tonka no no not that far but like so why is that though why why do you have to be from tonka or the river or fish those primarily to well, then go south in my opinion and all of my a lot of my turn minnesota tournament stuff is based years ago i'm not like oh with dude, the yeah. trends at the moment it's, <laughs> no. all, it's all different but it's like when different. i you know what was that you know like when i was getting started fishing and all up until i left and started doing the elites like the only in my opinion, the only places that was like legitimate competition was Minnetonka or the River BFLs. I just think, no disrespect to anybody else, but there was maybe a couple of good fishermen at each sure. one of these areas around here. You got, you know, you got your little zones around the state. Sure. Where there, you know, there's little tournament cultures or whatever. I, I just don't think there was enough really good fishermen. Like, you're only going to ever be as good as the guys you fish against. Uh-huh. And if you fish a little Tuesday night league and you kick everybody's ass every week and everyone else knows nothing about bass fishing, you're never going to get any better. Right. And your fish have no pressure on them too. Right. Like river fish get a fair amount of pressure. And then Minnetonka fish got a fair amount of pressure. Mm-hmm. And you got a lot of, I, I'd say good tournament fishermen. You know, you're going to be fishing against 20, 30, 40 Yep. good fishermen you know right. not one or two right um so i think you need to have that competition and then also have the pressured fish and then uh with minnetonka a lot of it was the competition but then also the lake's so different you know it's yeah it's really like fishing three or four different lakes sure i mean they're all a little bit different but you know um you could go fish six inch visibility you could go fish 15 foot visibility you know you got a real yeah. wide spectrum and a lot of different stuff going on and then the river guys they were always good just because they were that place is always changing and they're really good at like adjusting you know what i mean like sure oh sure. we got two inches of rain the water came up six inches and they went back here you yeah, know what scrap I mean? what we did yeah today, yeah like just completely fishing the moment fishing the conditions and that's why the river fishermen are so good and then the benetonka guys is more pressure a good amount of variety and then you know quality guys you're fishing against right 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 and it's the same with the bfls you know there's 40 50 badass dudes fishing them bfls for sure um you know you just don't see that in the other parts of the state that might be all different now i don't i don't know what's going on but um i I agree with you i think it's it has changed a little bit i'm yeah i'm definitely seeing more like I, i think everyone's getting better at fishing you know what i mean for sure dude and down south especially i feel like that's just taking an absolute 
those lakes are taking a bigger beating than they've ever taken with the forward-facing sonar and shit, oh, yeah. which yeah. is just mind-boggling. But then you see a guy win with it on the next two events yeah. or first two events of the season. I mean, that's just got to be a mindfuck to an extent. I mean... Well, that's just part of the game. That's right. just always going to be a factor every day the rest of our life, you know? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, Even when you don't think it will be. Right, right, yeah. right. Even on a lake like Okeechobee where yeah. you would never... No, turn it off, take it off the boat, you don't even need it, you know? It gets <laughs> one on it, yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, are you always looking for, like, that little something different? Or are you, I mean... Like, you talk about different styles, right? Everyone's got their own style, and I think you never want to be somebody else. You want to fish your style, your strengths, your way. Uh, that's kind of something I've, I've learned from just the people I've talked to with it. How would you describe, like, your style? Like, I know Leitner doesn't practice a lot, but, like, what's Seth Fighter's style? Um... I don't know if I really got one. I, I did, honestly, I just like to freestyle, like, yeah, not really have any game plan whatsoever, and just kind of look and listen, and um, just take in what Mother Nature the day's giving you, and just whatever feels right, go do. And I don't know. A lot of guys kind of want to like, I'm going to do this for this long, and then this for that long, and um, I like to just wing it i guess really i mean i'll have a game plan to some extent but uh sure. yeah just kind of fish freely and i definitely like to get in like a certain area of the lake and like hang out in there which it might be a 30 mile stretch or whatever but um a certain zone of the lake and then just kind of fish the conditions really sure sure but um i tend to gravitate more towards shallow water i'd say uh-huh. And, uh, I'm not like just gonna hop in my boat and start side scanning all day in practice or whatever. I like to fish, and um, you know, if I have to fish deep, if it's one of them tournaments, you know, obviously that's the deal. But majority of those spring southern tournaments, you can fish shallow. So I tend to gravitate towards you know real visual stuff, just stuff I'm seeing with my eyes, and yeah, um, if it looks good, fish it. You know, I like that. That's, I think, really hard for people to do. I think that's hard for, it's hard for me to do sometimes. I, I'll, I'll admit that. It's like uh, somebody who, I've, who up here has really recently taken off is like Noah Schultz, and he's really good at like trusting his fishbone, so to speak, yeah. and just trusting his gut. But he also practices a fair amount. Oh, but yeah. I mean, you got to put the time in no matter what you're doing. Yeah, and time on the water is a big deal, but putting enough time in that's what it takes to be able to then freestyle yeah absolutely right? and have success yeah. with it, it freestyle is all just instinctual fishing and that's all just built off time on the water right you know seeing this that happened this happened then that happened in past you know it happens enough then it becomes i won't say fact but you know what i mean becomes right uh, muscle memory yeah sure you don't have to think about it yeah you feel it right yeah. you feel it and that to me is like the epitome of like professional sports like if you think about a hockey player or a football player like they don't have time to think oh no yeah so it, it, like pro sports is 100 percent like muscle memory Absolutely. like time yeah. practice yeah. blood sweat tears you know into yeah. that and i think like 
we just maybe got to a deeper level here uh with fishing yeah. but no absolutely it, it it's it's a profession you're a professional you literally don't need to think about it you've done it so long so many times but there's also styles of guys who who do think about it but yeah like when you don't think about it is it is it weather? Is it something you see? And then these reservoirs are so freaking huge that sometimes like the winning bags only in like X section of the lake or whatever. Yeah. So like, I feel like that, I mean, whatever. Yeah. But. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about that, but that's why I like picking like a certain, I'll kind of blockade off myself a section of the lake that I want to focus on and just live on that. Sure. And that might not be where the winning fish are. You know, right. there's nothing you can do about that, but you can still have a good tournament. You know what I mean? For sure. Just for sure. Fishing the right way or fishing openly. Right. Right. Well, with reservoirs, I mean, it's just, you don't have a lot of grass Seminole and wherever you did, but there's not a lot of yeah. grass on like a lot of the lakes. Yeah. Um, but there, the water fluctuates a lot. So like, do you, so you don't look at maps or nothing really before a no, tournament? No, I do like zero, absolutely zero homework really. And it's probably cost me at times, but it, at the same time I feel like if there's anything like, oh, the last tournament got one in this area, like all everyone else I'm fishing against, I shouldn't say everyone else I'm fishing against, but a good majority of the people I'm fishing against are doing all that research and checking out all that stuff, watching everything they can about it, it's all going to lead them to the same place, you know what I mean? And I, don't I got you. think that's... I mean, there's times where, you, dude, you got to be in a certain little zone or you're not going to catch them, and that's usually when I struggle. Like, um, that's why Okeechobee was. It was sure. like three little 100-yard circles. If you weren't in one, you weren't catching them. And I'd flirt along the edge of them, but not, I should have just went right in the middle of them, just did it you know mm-hmm. camped out with the boys but um you know i'd rather really, you know find something to myself that's not as good than you know if you're doing all that research you're like i said you're all gonna end up in the same spot okay sure. okay we're going to the classic right gussie won the last tournament there in that under that bridge or in that canal doing yep. the small mouth thing Right. How many people do you think are going to start there the first day of practice? I mean, probably like half the field. Yeah, yeah. you can't really okay. plan on banking on how that, is right? It, like, how could that possibly work <laughs> right, out? Right, you know? Right, yeah. Like, I, I, and if, I mean, I know that. So if I do ever, like, get in or, you know, do any research, it's mostly just to stay, areas to stay away from, in my opinion. Yeah. Just because I know everyone else is, like, going to go to them. I so, like that. And I just... And sometimes, who knows, might get one under that bridge again this year. But it won't be me if it happens, you know. Totally. So. I mean, that's cool, though. Does So when you're, like, riding, when you're free balling like that, you're just free balling. Yeah. How much does, like, do you watch the moon? Are you a moon bit. guy? Yeah, I mean. In Major first, minors? And for, no, 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 no. Just uh, news and foals and getting bigger, getting smaller. Um, and mostly just all related around spawn. Sure. And really, it probably doesn't change anything, but, like, in my head, if it's, like, we're coming into a full moon, like, if I see five on beds the first day, like, I feel like there will be a, thousands on beds by the tournament, you know? Sure, sure. But it doesn't always work out that way either. I got gotcha. you. What about, like, weather? Weather's to me the other factor that yeah that's 
That's they, everything, really. I Warming agree with trend, that. cooling trend. Uh, you know, the rest of the stuff. The warming trends and the cooling trends the only thing that's really going to shift them, in my opinion. The weather will just kind of change their mood, really, I think. The the warmer, colder trends kind of literally move, fishing, move, you know? move yeah. them. Yeah. And the sunny versus cloudy just depends yeah, on Yeah, like, oh, like, he's going to be back under the dock, right. or oh, he's going to be 20 foot to the right of the dock on the shoreline. Like, right. Yeah. Right. That, that's just real situational stuff, and then the rest of the stuff. And that's springtime moving summer summer is just going to change how they act you know right right what about spots i feel like spots are weird motherfuckers <laughs> it's like slot machines to me that's what spots uh, feel like to me i don't know i don't have honestly i haven't fished them enough to know any better i know if the tournament sucks and it's gonna be super cold and like the 10 pound limit's gonna be awesome i might look at them but Unless we go to, like, a straight, I mean, like, Lake Lanier or, I mean, I can't even think of another one that you wouldn't have to fish spotted bass on. I There's probably a few. There's well, probably a few, but, like, it's, with the schedule we have and where we go, they're really not a factor the majority of the time we fish. Right. Well, I fish Hartwell. Like, okay. I've been there twice yep. in December. Yep. And the one year, largemouth just owned us. And the next year, which was this year, spots, absolutely no big bags of largemouth. Yeah. Like, we're caught. So yeah. that lake seems just to be like a really just bearcat of a lake to try to figure out what to do, like, between the two. Yeah. Like, we have lakes like that up, up here with smallmouth, like, and largemouth. But, like, down there, with when you have, like, spots could win or largemouth could win – on any given day based on the weather yeah, with them blue backs and bite windows and fog delays. Like attention, all smallmouth anglers. Have you thrown the marabou jig? Have you thrown the hair jig? Well, if you have, you're going to want to listen right now. This podcast is brought to you by the Selka fishing and customs, a custom rod shop based out of Minnesota. And he has developed the answer folks. What if I told you, you could throw that marabou jig, 30 to 50% further than you're casting it right now. Well, the well, Dane, Mr. Veselka himself, has developed the answer. It's a custom 8-foot hair jig rod developed on a steelhead fly blank. He's put custom fly guides on this, so you're really going to be able to outcast the competition, catch more smallmouth. They aren't going to see you. What more do you need? Here's what I need you to do right now. Visit VeselkaFishing.com. That's V-O-C-E-L-K-A Fishing.com. This is the 8-foot hair jig rod, but this guy can build you anything you want. If you can dream it, he can do it. This episode is brought to you by Just North of Memphis Barbecue. This is world champion barbecue. If you smoke meat, and you don't like good barbecue, I do not know what to tell you right now besides you need to try some of this stuff. They've got their rub. They've got their sauces right on their website. They've got their famous dry rub award-winning seasoning that you can put on ribs, brisket, pulled pork, chicken, wings, anything you like to put on the smoker, on the oven, on the grill, any meat you like to cook. You need some of this dry rub seasoning in your life. 
but don't forget the sauce because that's award-winning world champion sauce here. No matter what flavor you like, they've got three different sauces and they are all good. You can drink them straight out the bottle. We've got Sweet Christie's for all you sweet loving barbecue folk. We've got Christie's Mischief for all you spicy bass anglers out there. And then we've got Christie's Gold. And they'll sell all three of them in a combo. But you need to go to their website right now. It's jnomemphis.com. That's jnomemphis.com. Dry rub, sauce, barbecue. Let's go! like We saw just... I've never seen such a big swing in how an event can play out than I have on Hartwell. Yeah. With that. You fish Hartwell a couple yeah, times. Yeah, a few times. I mean. I've pretty much I always largemouth fish when I went there, but I've never been there in December, you know. When we're going there, it's March, April. Sure. Like, you can go down the bank and catch bucket heads. It's not uh-huh. middle of winter fishing out deep stuff, you know. Well, when we were in there in December in 2019, I mean... There's three teams that had just mega bags of largies. Yeah. And then we went this year, we're like, well, we ain't, there's 220 boats and three are going to fish for a spot to go to the Classic. So we're probably not going to go spotted bass fishing again. So we went largie fishing and had a good practice. And then weather changed and just yeah. nobody weighed largies. But it's just, I guess with the Elite Series, you kind of have to like make those, you have to, you have to kind of reap what you sow a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have to accept it because yeah. you, there's so many events you're fishing. For me, that was the Super Bowl. So it was, it, it was, it, yeah. it, it's all I had. So yeah. it felt, it felt shitty leaving that event, yeah. just sucking after a good practice. And I return it. I mean, you suck in a Wednesday night or feel shitty right. to it. It's right. no different. I mean, maybe a little more so, but like. But you get calluses, I feel like, on the Elite Series. I feel like well, you Elite Series. Exactly. I mean, right. Yeah. You're like, if you win one out of 100, I don't know, that's pretty good. It or is. One out of 50 or whatever, like, you're going to lose, you know, 99% of the time. Well, Kevin Van Dam, I mean, didn't he win like 1.6% of the time? Or something. I don't know. He, I mean, he's won a lot. He has. And if that's one point six, then everyone else is like point two. Saying, dude, yeah. it's like fucking worst average yeah. sport. Yeah. The best angler wins one point six percent of the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's rough. the losingest sport there is for sure. So, like, being able to just take those losses. How do you how do you deal with the burn? How do you deal with the burn of that and? How do you block it out too? Because you have to have a That's little. That's the bump. past. I mean, same deal. With, even if you have a good tournament, one tournament later, it doesn't matter. You do you know, f- right? Do you feel like you learn more from the bad tournaments or good ones? Like bad ones for sure. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. It seems like you learn what not to do. You learn what you maybe should have done. Yeah. Are you one? Do you like? Do you analyze it on the way home and? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously, you're thinking about what went wrong, but then, you know, maybe a day or two, and then just thinking about whatever's next. Right. Yeah, there's a probably a fine line, like, between doing that too much and, and like, not moving on. Yeah. It's like KVD losing a fish, and then he's like, that's okay. Like, right away, he does not get, like, pissed off, doesn't bust nothing. Oh, uh, I do. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah. But, like, 
like that mentality of like getting over it yeah. and then going up and saying forgetting about that like helps you not lose the next one i feel like yeah. but um, i don't know man i'm learning it's a weird sport dude it is it's a weird sport i just fishing south is got to be just the hardest thing to do. i mean do you feel like fishing down south is hard it's different yeah i don't think it's hard if it's hard we make it hard it's different it's more like a it's pretty rare with the exceptional like and even that anymore at this day and age like post-spawn early summer it's pretty rare to like find like spots where it's like you're gonna jack them up all the time it's really just covering what like you're just gonna catch them on different stuff every day you know sure we're like a tournament up here like you got your spot and it's like you're gonna get, <laughs> you make you throw it right there one's gonna eat it like right that doesn't really exist down there sure. um you know with the exception of that either spotted bass or like that post ponds early summer deal you know most of the stuff we're fishing spring so and with the exception of a bad fish but um yeah most of it you're just you just you know fishing in minnesota you get so stuck on spots and waypoints and stuff like that there it's just you know you're gonna hit this little strip of bank that little strip of bank that dock that tree whatever i mean it's just you just go fishing and catch them versus really getting so spot orientated you know you feel like you have to cover like a lot more water down there absolutely yeah yeah like long like you're fishing longer oh, stretches yeah. yeah yeah definitely gotcha that's like <clears throat> kvd that's probably why he got so good is because he fished faster than everybody yeah. right i yeah. mean but that's like a there's like a fucking balance to that like you yeah. can't fish too fast either no but Rick Clun. So your favorite angler is Denny Brower, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that was my show when I was growing up. Yeah. I was like Denny Brower area, you know? Flipping a jig. Yeah. 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 Bankson's that way it's too. Like he likes 10, Brower. 12 years old and he was like winning everything, you know? He was my Michael Jordan. He, dude, that's awesome. And like Rick Clun, what's crazy to me is that Rick Clun's still bass fishing. Yeah. Like, What's it? What is that like? It talk like, I would love to talk to Rick Clun for like f even just twenty minutes. Yeah. Is it a trip? Me too. <laughs> Do you talk to him at all? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, a little bullshit and say hi or whatever, but never really like hung out, hung out with Rick Clun. Gotcha. Never smoked a J with Rick Clun. No. Oh, someday. Never happened. Yeah. Because he had like, what was his deal? Everything. What did he? kind of invent he did everything right or power he's fishing. a winder no winder. he's the best yeah and then the rico the best plug wine yeah a little he's bit of top the water. rico and all that other stuff but in my head he's a plug winder sure yeah, yeah. square bill or yeah whatever 10 foot or less plug winder yeah 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 <laughs> it's sick yeah. is there a lot of like so Shit fish is tight sometimes. Do you is there a lot of altercations like with the elites on the water? No. They show you a few, but they don't Not really. Show They're pretty rare. Um yeah, everybody understands the game, really. I mean there's some Yeah, if you're all by yourself on a spot, someone's trying to fish next to you and tell them to fuck off or whatever. <laughs> but not you know. 
pretty how, rare it ever gets serious, you know. How, I feel like locals are probably the most annoying. If you, or is that not too bad usually? I haven't had a whole lot of problems with them, no. Okeechobee, there seemed like there was Yeah, like they're in there, but yeah. Or guides or something. But yeah, that was. It wasn't like that spot was. They'd been there every day for a month before we got there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not like all of a sudden there was three times as many boats there. Like, right. You right. know, there were there have been fifty boats on every one of them spots every day for the last however long month or two before we got there. Like, it's nothing new. Sure. It's a little different if you, you know find something all to yourself and then all of a sudden. You know, two locals are there the next morning. It's a one cast spot or something, but it wasn't like that there. Right. Well, I heard like Ishmael Monroe and Keith Poche like gotten like a fist fight or something. They did, but that was at a lock. That wasn't even at a. Yeah. That wasn't even at a fishing spot. (laughs) So, I don't know. (laughs) Kind of fight on the way to the fishing spot, dude. Yeah. At the lock. I think it was about. I don't even know what it was about, but it's when everybody crams in trying to get in the lock. So they were probably, you know. Bumps is fighting ball. over trying to get in there. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> it's wild, dude. You ever been locked out? You ever get stuck in a lock? No, I have such panic and anxiety about that. I can never make it past like noon before I got locked back through. So I have not been locked out yet. Knock on, knock on, knock press on wood. wood. Yeah, we uh, uh, on the river. Uh, yeah, Dane and I, we practice the river and we were going to practice the lock to see like how it was and there was a lock that like blocked us out for like two hours so we needed a lock we had good smallies in seven so you know we wanted to lock down there but yeah. we ended up leaving at like 10 30 11 because we were so anxious yeah. about the lock and we didn't catch dick after we locked out and I, yeah. we should have just probably should have rolled the dice a little more but yeah. the river's crazy and you've fished like the jude and stuff yeah yeah, yeah, I like the river. I like the river too. Usually get whooped down there, but I enjoy it. Those guys are good, and yeah. dude, you're fishing. That's like the best, of the best on those yeah. pools. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was talking to Cade. He wants to come on the show. I yeah, think. yeah. You and him fish the Jude, right? Yeah, yeah they fish the Jude yeah. one year. I fished a couple of river derbies with him. Yeah. yeah, he's a good rat. Yeah, he's coming on. He won a boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's oh, coming he's, on. He's good down there. He gets it for sure. It seems like down south, like, there's, like, a it's a very pattern or, like, how you reel your bait even is, like, the difference between getting a bite and not getting a bite. Like, talking to a yeah. buddy right now, like, on Gunnersville, like, holy shit. Talk about a, I mean, tough place to get a bite sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, remember when that was, like, the best lake in the country? Like, no. No? Never That's before do. our time. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But it's always been good. I mean, for the amount of pressure it gets and the weights it kicks out, like, every single day, it's pretty impressive. Because, I mean, it's getting yeah. fished to hell, but I don't ever remember it being, like... I mean, I've heard stories and stuff, but in my brain, I don't remember, like, the... Nothing that crazy coming out of there. I mean, good solid weights, but... It seems to kind of be the most, like, Minnesota lake, like, down there. It's got grass. It's yeah. got... You know, so oh yeah, last time we were there, I flipped milfoil. It was fun. That was like (laughs) old Minnesota stuff. Yeah, (laughs) fucking found saw some Eurasian. Yeah, my beer. Yeah, I I did. Like I knew it wasn't the winning stuff either, but I didn't even care. (laughs) Fuck it, I'm doing this. Oh yeah, Yeah. it looked just like Minnesota. (laughs) That's crazy to me. Bankston, 
it's fish Gunnersville. He's talking about that, but I don't know. I feel like you lighten your line, you get more bites in the south. Just it's just a man. Yeah, bass are educated. What's up with? I mean, you got everybody throwing like fucking firecraw. Like I don't understand the firecraw thing. Like that's just me. Well, people we throwing have, the firecraw down there. We don't have much that sets up like it. Plus, we can't even fish that time of year. Um, yeah, red and orange. That's just classic pre-spawn stuff we just don't pre-spawn fish up here and then everywhere gotcha. we do pre-spawn fish or if you do pre-spawn fish however you want to say it um like our water's like gin clear the ice just came off you know what i mean they're dealing with chocolate milk 45 degree water like bass bite red and orange in those scenarios i don't care where you're at because all of those like I you mean, fish up here in the spring when the light comes off you can see the bottom clear. 10 feet of water like yeah it's like natural and then swim like a time. week later they're spawning so right. it's like down there it's it's a progression right stuff slowly happens up here it's like the ice comes off and two weeks later they're on a bed right you know well everything's man-made down there in like a valley or a trough everything's kind of it's a reservoir so everything runs into like, yeah oh yeah anytime it, rains, it gets dirty, dirty in the spring yeah, for sure dirty in the spring yeah yeah, yeah. And i've never fished the reservoirs much kentucky lake i guess is dirty in the spring when yeah. i went down there but yeah <laughs> it's wild do you uh does that ever get old like not fishing for a lot of bites like you guys have to go like the, the sabine and shit no that doesn't bother me not too I'm, bad no if i can get a few i'm all right um I don't need to get bit that often to be happy. Seems like the grinders. That's, I think that's just the dob, milfoil dauber in me, you know? Sure, sure. Like, I don't know. Like, back in the day here, we just used, I used to just drop my trolling motor, and I'd just flip till it got dark. Like, that's awesome. I got no problem going, like, four hours without a bike, because I know when I get one, there's going to be, like, a bunch more. A bunch of them there, and when I put a dot on it, it's fucking mine. And, like, no one else, like... No one else flipped for two miles down this straight ass bank, you know what I mean? Like for sure. Then no one else found it. Right. Yeah. So, so that, that kinda helps with fishing in shitty conditions. For sure. Or like not getting a lot of bites, whatever. I credit the horseshoe chain for that, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, cause they're used kind of littler spots on that lake and stuff and you fish a lot of dead water. But um there's something to be said about that. Like one of the guys who taught me how to fish is that way. You just like you want to learn put the trolling motor down yeah. there's a lot to be said about that i don't think anyone does that anymore yeah, probably <laughs> like, not, no probably like hey just put you want to learn something just put the trolling motor yeah. down just keep sooner or later you'll come across something right might be an hour it might be four but well how much cool shit have you found just putting the trolling motor down everything everything yeah. that's your that's that's your style much, put the yeah. trolling motor yeah. in the water fucking gold yeah that's up. Like fishing all the little lakes in Minnesota, that's all I'd ever do. Dude, you back the boat into a 300-acre lake. Everyone else just wants to drive and go to the other side. It's like, I mean, we're going to be around this thing in two hours regardless. Let's just start here and end here. I like that. Yeah. So, okay. So you usually don't drive the other. You don't drive the whole lake when you get to it. Not, not if it's a little lake, and like sure. especially like the northern Minnesota lakes, dude. And all I used to pond hop those all the time, and dude, there's forty docks on it. I'm gonna fish all forty of these fucking docks <laughs> in an hour, and then we're going to the next one. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If this lake's full of Megan's, there's going to be some four pounders under these docks. Right. Right. Like, if there isn't, then I guess we'd just never come back. Sure. Maybe we're all sitting on a rock pile in the middle. I don't know, but I'd rather catch, you know, 24 pounders and then worry about if there's a rock pile in the middle. Right. Right. Who do you think is the most dangerous guy on the elites right now to fish against? Hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know. I can probably think. Apparently, it's Tyler Rivette. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that. That or I mean, he's having a year in uh, the new Japanese dude. I got. I should remember his name. I can't remember it either. I, I don't even want to understand. try to say because I know I'm going to mess it up. But, yeah, the rookie Japanese guy, like, I think he's for real. Like, he only fished one year of the Opens, like, top ten to every one of them. Like, never even seen the United States. First tournament he fished was on the James River, like a tidal river, and cracked him and just, I mean, caught him everywhere he's ever been. He might be a problem. Like, I know for he sure. beat the hell out of everybody over in Japan for, like, two years when he was, like, a teenager. And, Damn. Like, he won everything over there. The next samurai. I think so. Fuck. I mean, he's only fished two tournaments, and he's got a second place. I mean. Damn. I mean, that's pretty good. I'll tell you a name I do remember. Joy Cifuentes. Oh, yeah. The third. I will never forget that name. Yeah. I'm just wondering how the fuck you ride around a derby with a cowboy hat. I got to ask him, man. I like, feel like that I gets in the way. I running around. Like, I want to know if he takes it off when he runs or if the thing just, like, folds up. Yeah, does, so you have, like, a little chin strap for that thing? I'm going to have to ask him. The thing might be tight as hell. Them, some of them cowboys, yeah. like. Like, custom fitted? Yeah, it's, like, glued on there. Yeah, dude. He might just roll down the light. I mean, he's driving a Ranger. Like so, a custom I mean, he's mold. not going that fast. You know like a pocket mean? pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like he's only going 68, so maybe the cowboy hat stays on. I don't yeah, know. Oh, he's running a Ranger. Good point. Yeah. yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, no, I didn't think about the, the Ranger being slow thing. I just figured he had but like his... Way, the 68 on a cowboy hat, there's got to be some pull. It's a little drag, drag on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Them, horses don't, them horses don't buck 68. I'll have to ask him. You he should seems ask like him. a nice guy. I think I can ask Seems him. like a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a good cowboy. Yeah. I feel like he designated his... Like, you have to throw it in the rear box. I feel like that's where you got to put it. Maybe it does. I don't know. I'll ask. We'll find out. We'll get down to the bottom of it. <laughs> Who's the best guy to party with on the elites? I'm going to say Caleb Summerall. Caleb Summerall. Yeah, All right. He's a good time. I feel like he'd make, yeah. I feel he's like a good time. He'd get, he could get you into and out of probably oh, yeah. some trouble. Yeah. Like, he's a big man. He's a huge man. He's a big yeah. man. Probably put him down. The best of them? Oh, he can, yeah. yeah. No, I'd, I'd have to shoot him if we fought. <laughs> I'd sure. have no chance. <laughs> Same, for yeah. sure. Oh, he could beat he could beat up all three of us at once, actually. I believe it. Yeah. I believe not it. A, not a problem. Yeah, no. Yeah. Cole, you're getting fucked up, too. Yeah. Yeah. It'll he, be over quickly. Dude, those Louisiana guys, it's kind of like a Russian mobster, but yeah, from the South. He's like He-Man strong, yeah. Yeah, like, I wouldn't fuck with Keith Boucher, I don't think, either. Like, it's something about the the Louisiana accent to me, I think, too, that tops it all off. But. I don't know. Caleb's just a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he won in, uh, the Bass Nation stuff, and he runs a tin boat, I think. Yeah. But And he, he rooms, like, with Livesey, right? Yep, him and Lee, yeah. I feel like Livesey would be cool to party with. Oh, yeah. He's a good time, too. Yeah. Yeah, so running with the waves. What's the craziest, like, waves you've driven through and what lake, like, uh, wildest Lake Champlain, hands down, twice now. Worst lake you've seen? Yeah. 
once I had plenty of time to get back and it was just nasty. And the other time was that tournament Polnick one. I pretty sure I got second. Yeah. Um, broke my graphs off coming back or whatever that it wasn't, it was bad, but it, the, the, I didn't have a lot of time to get back. Cause what made it unacceptable. Like if I would have had an hour or, Plus, to get back, it would I would have been drinking coffee the whole time, you know, not a drop of water on me. But I had, like, I don't know, I forgot. It was, like, I had to go 30 miles in, like, 40 minutes and, like, in big shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was ugly. You have a marsh. I suppose you have Marshall. I had a camera guy. You camera guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was bad. Hold on to your butts. Yeah. One of them deals is glass calm, and I'm like, well, I only need 30 minutes to get back. And then all of a sudden, with like 40 minutes to get back, it was like 30 mile an hour winds, oh. like out of nowhere. And it was just terrible. Dude. <laughs> did you make it back in time? <laughs> I did. I did. Which means that cameraman's back was sore. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, we, come, we got sideways a couple times. <laughs> it was bad. Holy smokes. Yeah. So what makes Champlain so rough compared to other lakes? Super deep, it? and it's a pipe. You got kind of, I'm not going to call them mountains, but hills on each side, and north to, anything north to south. is. Both times I've been out there where it was really gnarly, it was a south wind. Gotcha. Just blowing right up that gut, and it's super deep. So, Is there current in the lake that runs? There is a lot just because of the way it's laid out. It's long and skinny, and then it you know, historically is – um, I shouldn't say there's always some wind. It's so long and skinny and deep that just whatever way the wind blows, it's, it's kind of like a great lake where, you know, if the wind blows out of the south, the water on the north end's rising, you know, sure. um, and vice versa. Or if it stops blowing, then it'll suck back out. So there's always, a um, you know, kind of wind effect current on that lake. Sure. Even when it's calm, like a one year it was. It wasn't the Polnick tournament. It was the Amart tournament, the one that he beat me out there. I was flipping a patch of grass in the wind. I was kind of off in this bay off to the side, but the wind had been hucking hard out of the – I think it was the south the whole time, and then it finally quit on the last day. Even though I was in this bay, there was no wind there the whole time. Like I pulled up there the last day to flip, and all my millfoot was like just laid over sideways, like halfway down in the column, like all the water that had been blowing up there was sucking out even though there was like no wind anywhere sure. where i've been fishing all week so well, that flip, spot just ended up being junk i mean flipping foil that's kind of like donezo yeah lake currents like this lake current to me is a voodoo kind of like it's like getting deep it's like it's there's there's a it's not like I, I, those guys who live on the great lakes those guys who they understand that lake current and I've learned a little bit about this on the lax, I would say, uh, just with how some of the reefs erode, but is there a way that you figure out lake current? Like, is that something that you try to figure out or do you just fish and the lake currents, the lake current? Uh, well, lake current's different. It's always changed and never super consistent, but like, a lot of the stuff we did on Tonka had a lot to do with lake current and stuff like that. Like, I remember one tournament, there's this one spot, it's only, and it's all wind current, you know? So, yep, yep. there's this one spot, it's only good with a north wind. 
and it went blowing out of south it was going to blow south all day i look at every time i fish a tournament on tonka i'm like looking at the hourly you know every hour all the way up until the tournament starts um and it's supposed to blow south all day when we were fishing south deal and uh all of a sudden like for one second dude or not a second but a couple of minutes the wind's blowing out of the north and we were like a long ways away like not really but you know tonka time it was like 20 minutes to get to this spot yeah I'm like we fuck we gotta go like right now it was gonna blow, we had no intentions of fishing that spot at all that day whatsoever i'm like we gotta go and we go up there and it ended up working out that good <laughs> like fig had a little melt down there you like like i caught a big one and he <laughs> caught like or he lost like two big ones and like he manned a drop shot rod over his knee he was all pissed off uh but anyways i don't know where i was going with that story but that's like a scenario of it you know what i mean like it was we had absolutely no intentions of that and if we would have landed all the fish we caught on that spot i think we'd have won but uh we ended up losing a couple of great big ones there and but that and then like five minutes later it started blowing out south again and it was over with it was like we drove 20 minutes to get like maybe it's 15 minutes to get like five minute window on this one spot and we with got the like, wind we got like four big bites there and lost two of them and that's crazy yeah so it's blowing how how hard is it blowing out of the south would you say dude it didn't even blow that hard okay. this is like a light wind day this is like got it it was like just a nice little five to ten out of the south and then it slicked off and then it blew like five to ten out of the north for literally half an hour and made a run to the spot and hooked like four great big ones and well that makes sense on a lighter wind day because if it was blowing hard out of the south you know it would have more more force behind the current going the other way where like a half hour with a light north wind wouldn't be enough to maybe like push that backwards. But I think it would. But like on a light wind day. I think it would on a heavy wind day. Really? Like literally just the absence of wind is going to cause it to. I suppose. Like if it's blowing south and stops blowing south, just sure. that and alone, it's going to be enough for to suck that water sure. back out of the north. Huh. It's a bathtub, you know, everything's rocking like this. The water goes up this way and then when, as soon as it quits blowing, the wind's the only thing holding it there. Sure. As soon as it stops, especially if it switches, it's immediately it's just, okay. coming back. Like Got, immediately. Well, like yeah. undertow, I suppose. It is I mean, even with the south wind, there's some just undertow. Just think of it like a bathtub, man. Sure. Just a water slosh and like as soon as it reaches that peak right there, it's coming back this way. That makes even sense. if the wind's blowing out of the south the whole time, it's eventually gonna get so full that it's gonna have to back flush. Right. Even right. if it stayed a south wind the whole time, it'll eventually suck back. So it's just a bathtub, and they come in different sizes. You know, yeah. you can get you can get you That's a big jacuzzi. You can get you a little t- bathtub. Yeah. yeah, it's not like a Champlain where you're talking like a hundred mile run. <laughs> right, right. You're talking about a m- half a mile, half mile run right. before it's coming back out. You know? Right. Well, it is kind of a river system, right? It flows from west to east, technically. Uh, I don't, yeah, technically. I mean, you get- that, that 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 actual current doesn't really make up any flow. The only current ever. You'll see in there with the exception, like right at the dam, would be wind current. Okay. Well, and you and you have current from boats too. That's, I mean, to yeah. me, that's like the low key thing I've learned out there is like prop wash and oh, yeah. boats running through yeah. areas pushing water for sure like can turn fish on. And yeah. I don't know if it has any like something to do with the bluegills scattering or their food or that's all i can think of because they're always sitting on the surface and it seems like if you're on one of them little pinches where the boats are coming through like you can fire right behind their motor and catch them a lot of times and i sure. just got to assume that's the bluegills darting off i don't know 
Kind of creates a little feeding window. That seems to be what they eat out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bluegill eaters for sure. Yeah. Do you think crawfish play a factor on Tonka? Heard people talk about them like not ever seeing any. Oh, there's definitely crawfish in there. Um, maybe not anymore. I don't fish out there much anymore. But, but yeah, like majority of stuff puked up is bluegill. Yeah. Like 90%, I'd say. It's crazy. Yeah. Hell and not even that fishery. big, you know, like that's what they eat. You think they like the little? They don't that's like, what they puke up. I don't know. Sure, I mean, sure. maybe the seven pounders eat <laughs> bluegills like that, but the ones I catch, they puke up bluegills that big. Same with the ones I catch, yeah. which is is not four seven inches, pounders. I don't know. Right, right. whatever. However big that is, it's not big. Well, I got a weird question for you. Right. Do you believe in aliens? I mean, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I, I, I believe that somewhere out there there's something else. I agree. I, I agree. mean, is the universe just too big to be the only planet with, I mean, I don't know, life's the right word to say, but like, you know, functioning critters, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Do you think that we could be aliens? Um, to somebody, for sure. Right? To We're aliens to whoever we think's an alien. Well, like, we're, like, the only species on, like, this earth, like, with consciousness, right? Like, what animal besides what us? What do you mean consciousness? Right. What do you A dog's had a conscience? Consciously, the dog is like, I'm going to go bug this guy now? Or do you think it's just trained within him? You think a dog is... I have no idea. You mean I have more you questions. think he's more instinctual and we think about stuff? Like, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't do think... Do you think dogs critters. think about things? I mean, a little bit, but not like that. Like, why like, are my paws? If he sees somebody, he's just going to be like, oh, who's this? <laughs> right. you know, he's not going to be like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, why are my paws the way they are? Like, no, you know, they aren't going to ask. The, no. They don't ask questions. Like, yeah. like where's my that, food? That's, that's language, a question. Language has a lot to do with that, too. Right. I mean, if we made like four different sounds and that's all we made, we wouldn't be thinking about why our paws like this. Well, right. Right. I mean, that's just the language, like evolving into words that didn't exist that now creates thoughts that didn't exist because now you know how to describe it right do you do you believe in multiple dimensions i don't know like do you think there's another seth fighter on a planet like no no they're not another no do you think there's pro bass fishing on another planet somewhere in the the solar system probably not that's our shit probably that's some earth shit i would say so some earth shit baby there's probably competitions for capturing stuff on other planets, but you know what I mean? They're capturing like, I don't know, blobs or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some, some kind of... I feel like salmon might be on other planets, like Planet of the Apes. I feel like they're maybe fishing for salmon, maybe, on Planet of the yeah, Apes. there could be tournaments on other places. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's possible. Solar system's big, man. I'm it not is. ruling yeah. it out. Oh, yeah. I'm not ruling it out so big we'll never know right i think rivers are so interesting how like they're all connected and how every body of water is somewhat connected in one shape or or form yeah and uh i don't know that's just fascinating to me but anyway we can get back back to the ground here back to reality um wherever you want to go man have you ever been trout fishing yeah I like you, trout fishing. You like it? 
I do, but like a trout fisherman wouldn't like me, you know. Gotcha. Do you, so do you like, like no spinning rods with like fucking, a the Mark Twain? No, I'm throwing maps at them. Little fucking little maps, stuff. dude. Yeah. Them Ro- maps. Rooster tail, actually, whatever. Same. The roosters. And yeah. Like the little rapples. Yeah. Okay. Where you been trout fishing? Well, I haven't been in a long time, but like. uh Basically, the majority of my trout fishing comes from turkey hunting. Back in the day, when I was a kid, turkey hunting in Minnesota stopped at noon, and we always hunted around, like, Winona, Chatfield area. Okay. So, afternoon, you couldn't turkey hunt. At noon, it's over. For the rest of the day, you really? can't legally turkey hunt. Yeah, so then from noon to dark, it was trout, you know, ordered on the river bottoms, whatever, bluff country, whatever you want to call it down there with the trout streams and stuff. So, from noon to dark, was trout fishing. No shit. Yeah. So like they like the world gives turkeys a siesta at noon. Like uh, not get, anymore. Like, no. no. Okay. They used to. Yeah. No. No shit. They like, think need to get a siesta. Shot them afternoon. But really? Yeah, no. Inhumane. <laughs> uh, I guess. Like, it's too maybe, light out. It's too easy to kill them then or something. But yeah. Yeah. So that's where I trout fished. I feel like the maps. I mean, people catch like smallmouth and shit on the. Oh, map. Yeah. You ever throw the maps in like an elite mm, series? No, dirt? no, no. It's not on the top five. No, I did mess with it a little bit. I know guy. I know people that catch them on it. Fuck, like a real deal bait, like mm-hmm. the yeah. marabou one. Yeah, yeah. Cut. Just kidding. <laughs> Can't talk about that. No, I'm fucking around. I'm fucking around. Who's like the most OG angler right now on the Elite Series? Is it Steve? Ken- I feel like Steve Kennedy or Rick Klon is like. It's Klon and Fritz. And yeah. Kennedy's working himself into that, but that's just more equipment based than anything. Uh, yeah, it's Klon and Fritz. I gotcha. I gotcha. No doubt. So uh, my buddy James Chapman came up with a joke that I need to share, actually. If. Uh, if Matt Robertson grew a mustache and decided to quit bass fishing, what would his name be? Pedophile? Meth fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That was James Chapman. It was yeah. a good, good joke. Yeah. Had to say it at some point. Yeah. But so, <laughs> Does he live in a legit trailer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he's, I, it's like a nice trailer, though, from what I've heard. I guess, yeah. What is it's getting nicer it's like, now. You put like fancy cabinets in it and some new appliances and it's gets yeah, it's getting fancy now. I guess cabinets are for sure worth more than this trailer. Gotcha. We got black walnut cabinets. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. He's on a nice little it. piece of dirt now. He's out of the park. He's on like a ten acre we'll call it five to fifteen acre, a nice little parcel. I got gotcha. you. Um with a pond on it and yeah he's got a nice little setup now wow. yeah that's like same trailer but yeah he's out of the park and he's well, got a, he's got a nice piece of dirt yeah well, nice garage and yeah that's what's nice about a trailer yeah it's like you can it is fucking, mobile it's a trailer yeah. you know you can move it yeah you can move it but well uh you got anything to like get off your chest? Like what's yeah, been bugging you? Nothing bugs me really. Nothing bugs you. Not real. Not for more than thirty seconds. Okay. I mean, like if someone slow in front of me is going on the freeway, I get mad about it. But I got you. As soon as it's over, it's over. You know. So you don't watch the news then? That's probably good. Yeah. No, I quit doing that. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. That's terrible. 
It's what really is, bad for your health. Fuck yeah. It's been like, a I'll weird three this, years, like, dude. If you go outside, the fucking birds chirp every morning and the sun comes up and the fish bite and the turkeys gobble and the ducks quack. And that never changes. I don't know. It doesn't. Like... The news every other day, like, the world's going to be over, you know what I mean? For sure. Yep. For sure. But if you just ignore that and open to wake up at sunrise, you'll hear, like, robins chirping, and it's just the same day every day. Minus the weather's a little different, but... Oh, they chirp. Yeah. They chirp. Like, they don't know any different, and they don't care. They chirp. And it doesn't matter in the long run. Sure. There's nothing you can do about it. Except get mad if you want and worry about it. Worrying's a waste of your imagination, right? Good way to look at it. Just a waste of time in general. Yeah. Time's valuable. Time is valuable. Do you you have any time hacks on the water? Like, do you have anything that, like, because time's the game. Efficiency's the game on the water. I don't know if I have a hack for it, but it seems like the last few years I've been able to, like, slow my day down a lot more. Yep. Like, I used to feel like tournaments used to go by like that, and it was over, and now every day I'm out there, it feels like I'm out there for, like, 15 hours. And I don't know how to, like, I wouldn't be able to tell you how to do it, but. I want to know how to do that. I don't know either. I want to like, it feels like it now. So you like hop into I'm a time like portal I'm like slowing now. down time, yeah. Do you, it, and nothing, you don't do anything different. There's nothing it's different. It's a conscious either. effort to slow down time, but I don't know how to like tell you how to do it. Well, I understand. Do you know how to tell you how to do it? Yeah. What do you tell you? I don't know. Okay. No, it's like sub, <laughs> it's subconscious, I guess. Uh, sure. But I, I, like, I don't know. I used to look at the clock. You know, like sometimes times when it's fast, times when it's slow or whatever. You look at the clock and it's like, oh, it's only like a couple minutes later. Or you look at the clock and it's five hours later and you're like, oh, my God. I don't know. I just. Do you make a conscious effort to look at the clock more? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That would make sense it because, like, be, you're like the days feel like 15 hour days now. I don't know. Well, you said you've been fishing shallower. I mean, Jake's not like sinking know. as far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not waiting a lot for my shit to hit the bottom. So, how much do you think speed helps in like a tournament? For like, if we're talking time, like talking to Keith Tuma about his stroker, and the thing goes 100 miles an hour, it saves him. He gets 20 minutes extra efficient. Yeah, that's small in the long run of things. Sure. I mean, obviously it's a lot, but um, I don't know. I feel like I got like extra hours, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not not like from speed. Down south, it seems to make a difference because you've got like a hundred mile long freaking. Yeah, if you're making a big run, but either way, if you're making a big run, it's you're gonna have a short ass day regardless. Right. Like, right. if you're going two hours, you're going two hours. If you get there in an hour and 50 instead of two hours, it really doesn't matter because you're still going to leave with two hours left to go back because you're not going to stay an extra 10 minutes on a two-hour run. Right. Because it only took an hour 50 to get there, you know? That makes you're sense. You're still going with two hours left. So. it's a good point. It's a good point. But like, I don't know about that. You said, like, you pick a section of the lake. Yeah. You just pick a section? I mean, I'm going to start practice in one zone. Hopefully something good happens. If it doesn't, it's off limits. Um, sure. Go to another zone. Hopefully something good happens. If it's not, if it's off limits. And, but usually, like, within the first or second day, I'm going to find a zone I like. And then 
the second and third or the third day of practice, stay there, and then tournaments stay there. But zones are really relative, you know. Sometimes it's a mile. Sometimes it's 30 miles, you know. Sure, sure. But, you know, it's tough to, like, pick a creek. <laughs> yeah, it can't be one creek, yeah. no. Ah, it could be. I shouldn't say that. It depends, could be one creek. Depends how big the creek is or? Depends how big the creek is for sure. Yeah, yeah. With the girls uh, and the kids, like, they're, are they, like, getting to a weird age yet where you're like, holy shit? I think every age is that. I don't know. Um, I've got one that's almost five, one that's almost three, and, like, a six-month-old. So, um, I don't know. I think it's just going to keep getting crazier every year they get older. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like them. I think so far, I think like two, three years old is my favorite. They start getting a little lippy when they get four. <laughs> Wait till they get 13. Boss. Oh, yeah. No, I yeah. know. It's only going to get worse every year, but they're fun. Are you going to be a pretty protective dad, you think? Like, fucking. I think so. I don't know. I, my wife says that's the worst thing you can do, but I don't know. Well, you clean that gun, Seth Fighter. Oh, it's you clean. clean that gun. It's clean. Well, make sure you clean it again. Make sure Just she's home by nine thirty. Yeah, we'll see. I'm gone half the year. I mean, it's basically gonna be her mom's job to keep her straight. You had one job. You had one job. Yeah. How much influence do you have on tackle development? Uh, like with, with companies with Outcast Tackle, I'd say a lot. Um. With everybody else, I'd say slim to none. I got you. So that's that's what's interesting to me is I feel like companies would want more development from pros. Yeah, I should say that. I got a little bit with Rappel and a little bit with Z-Man, but not not to the extent I do with Outcast. I can. Yeah, Outcast is kind of like uh, you know blank slate. I can kind of. If I want to make something, we're making it. Sure, sure. That's sweet. And then with Rapple, it's like, oh, what do you think of this? I'm like, oh, I don't like this about it. And I go, whatever. Or, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, maybe. Right. Or, you right. know, but it's never like, hey, you want to make something? Yeah. Yeah. Is there shit like that you don't want them to make? <laughs> like, um, like because. I mean, they make stuff I don't use, but. Yep, yep, that yep. Someone else does, you know what I mean? Like, yep, yep. Uh, so with fishing, I think everybody's got their own deal, you know, or own stuff. Like what works for you won't work for me, and right, vice right. versa. Like, um, you know, certain hooks or baits or whatever. You know, there's one hook I don't particularly care for that much, but it's real popular. You know, sure, sure. So, well, you're the what you you like a wide gap and and you like a ring hook. Yeah. Um, and there's like a lot of guys who like a, a strike shank, a yeah. straight shank, for example. I like a wide gap better, personally, just like you. But I'm also a skinny dude like you, so I wonder if it. Do you think it has anything to do with like how we set the hook? Because uh-huh. I notice the guys who like straight shanks are like fucking. Oh, yeah, maybe like might be. I don't dudes. know. It just doesn't work for me. I'm with like, you. Like I only use a straight shank if it's like an ounce and a half punch weight. 
like straight, like not even heavy dob and like straight punching. Um, and that's it. Like, yeah. Other than that, it's EWG for me. And that's what I was saying. Like, I don't particularly care for a straight shank, but obviously we need to make them. Yeah. Yeah. There's people who love them. Yeah. Dane likes them. I don't. I mean, the tube. People don't like. I've never. The last tournament I've seen an Elite Series guy, like, throwing a tube was Jason Christie on St. Clair. Like, however many. Like, for like, small mouth? Large mouth or small mouth. I flip like, a tube all the time. For largies, too? Yeah. Good. Yeah. On the Elite Series, too? Yeah. Like, no one does. I don't yeah. ever uh, see Billy, nobody do Billy Lowen does, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'd say we're probably. Uh, I'm sure there's a few other sneaky guys, but as far as I know, we're like. I appreciate the that. Two guys openly flipping a tube. I don't know how else to say it. Gotcha. I'm sure you guys do, but I don't want to say we're the only two doing it. But uh yeah. That's cool. I'm gonna have two rigged up for the classic. Good. Good. Yeah. I would too. Yeah, it's no last time we were there I caught like a I don't know, like a great big giant like a seven pounder on a tube there in practice obviously, but yeah. Sure. Um actually I think that was for the classic that I won, but yeah. I mean they bite it. Dude, tubes, I think. I, mean, I fucking love the tube. Yeah. Yeah. It's versatile. You can throw it anywhere with anything. Yeah. Rig it a bunch of ways. Very, very versatile. The crankbait to me is something that you've always been pretty good with. And it's not something you see a lot of guys do in, in Minnesota as much. There's not as. Yeah. I mean, there's not as much hardcover maybe to bang it off of, especially maybe shallow, but. Yeah. Um,. It seems like that flat side craze is like gone crazy and I've I've yeah. accepted that a little bit. And then you got the Rocco coming out. I mean you fuck with the flat side stuff? Like, yeah. Yeah. Do I you think, think it's a more versatile crankbait? I, I agree. think it's more of a year round crankbait to be honest with you. I, I agree with that. I agree with, flat with that. Side, cause that catches them all year round and um obviously fishing up here you're basically just summer fishing. Um, so round bait plays then, but, um, as far as like winter, spring, summer, fall, you could throw a flat side year round, you know? I agree with that. You like the tiny four one or the six better? Uh, I, I got more, I've got more fish on the six. Okay. I've had it a lot longer and fished it quite a bit more. Um, they're definitely different baits, but, um, the four, for what that's intended to be, the four is probably more realistically the right bait for that kind of style of bait. But mm-hmm. I've, I've caught more fish on the six, but I've fished it a lot more too. Sure, sure. <laughs> it, I, I'm always curious about, I feel like pros, how much of the time are they catching them on what they say they're catching them on, in your opinion? Um... Say a good amount of the time, probably more than half. Okay. Or if not, they're they're showing you the next clo- the closest thing their company makes. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like um they're throwing you completely astray. You know what I mean? You know maybe they sponsored by somebody else and they caught them on a DT6 Demon and then they show you their you know Uzuri Red Craw six foot runner. You know. Gotcha. So I think you're still knowing what they're catching them on, but maybe not the exact bait. Like yeah. if he's catching them on a red crankbait, he's going to show you red crankbait. It might be a, 
a different branded one, but I don't think he's catching them on a white and chartreuse spinner bait and showing you a red crank bait. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So if there's any variation, it's just manufacturer. Gotcha, gotcha. Is there anything like that pisses you off about bass fishing in bass tournaments that just kind of grinds your gears? Yeah, at blast off when people run like four wide down the river, that pisses me off. And they're not passing each other; they're just running four wide for no reason, just making the entire river a boat wake. Like if you're not going to pass the guy, just get behind him. I got single you. file down the river unless you're passing them. There's no reason to run two, three wide unless you're sure physically exceeding their speed by multiple miles an hour. Right. Not right. like point five, you know. That makes sense. That pisses me off. That makes sense. Because I hate, you know, passing people in boat wakes. It sucks. Um I don't know. That's probably about it. That's it. That that's it. Oh, I mean, it I sucks mean, when you don't catch them, but I, I mean, fuck, I can't be mad about that other than myself, you know? That's fair. I mean, if you catch 20 pounds every day, you have no problem with tournament fishing. It's valid. I promise you. Right, right, like, right. Like, I promise you, you have no problems with it if you do that. If you catch eight pounds a day, yeah, you're mad about everything. He's cheating, he's cheating, fuck this, fuck that. <laughs> no, you had eight pounds today, that's why you're mad. Right, If you right. had 23, you wouldn't give a fuck about nothing. That's fact. Like... So, yeah, fixing, catching fish fixes everything. Right. Promise. It does. I, yeah, no, I, I can speak from experience on that. It seems like after you fucking have just a horrible, horrible event or horrible day, if you can go to a lake that you just can crack their eyes out, it just kind of feels extra good. Yeah, it makes you feel better for sure. Yeah, yeah. What about rules and shit? Like, is there any rules that piss you off? Yeah, we got a rule about we have to run a GoPro uh 24 7 well not 24 7 but during the tournament that's a rule now seriously well it it came about once because like in 19 or 20 when covid hit we didn't have no marshmallows (laughs) no marshmallows yeah marshals (laughs) whatever uh so i think guys thought other guys were cheating and like I hate running that gopro i got you i got just give me a polygraph the second i get off the water every day i would do that a thousand times over before messing with that gopro like because what does that all entail it's stuck into the whatever like it, it's not catching five biggins that's yeah. what it entails is not catching five biggins like how much running like, of it do you have to do my i don't think mine's ever made it through a whole day gotcha. and i'm not messing with it like right. when that thing beeps and goes off i don't care i don't blame you you're like, that's, that's not my problem i shouldn't even have to install that thing like if you want it in there and it's from a few whiny guys that think everyone's cheating them I got cheating, you. and it really goes back to if they had 20 pounds instead of eight, they wouldn't care. So that's why they're in there? Yeah, because guys think people are cheating. And if, and if there is any cheating taking place on in that crew, it's not right. during the tournament on the water. Right. It's someone getting information that makes during sense. off limits. It's not a guy, you know, doing yeah. something bad that day. I figured it would have been about, like, getting footage or something, like, over, like, checking to see if you're cheating. Give me a polygraph. Right. I'll gladly take one every day I get off the water if I don't have to touch that camera. Yeah, you ain't looking like at my job should be blast time. off, catch five biggins, be back here at three o'clock. Yeah. Anything that doesn't in- <laughs> entail that yeah. should not be part of my life. Like if you want a camera back there, fine. Set one up and run it. Like Yeah. Here yeah. you go. 
plug yeah. it, whatever you got to do. I'm going to take off down the lake. If it falls out, I don't care. Yeah. Like, not my problem. Shouldn't be. No. no. Like, my job, five bags, be back at three. So, at Champlain, when you took that guy home and the camera flew out of the lake when the boat ran sideways, you didn't go back for it? The camera didn't fly out. <laughs> I'm just fucking with The graphs fell out. <laughs> we didn't go back for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I assume they sank to the bottom of the lake, but apparently they float. Oh, they float? Yeah. Graphs float. I don't know if you knew that. Some, no. I haven't lost one yet. Yeah. Well, that happened. They tread right on. Dude, that make Dude. Running a GoPro is stressful, especially, I mean, if you're... Not really. It's just an extra thing that's a pain in the ass that I shouldn't have to mess with. It's another factor. And all the guys that are whining about it run them already for their own social and stuff, so it's not a big deal to them Sure. and whatever, but it's like, fuck you. You set it up in the back of my boat. Mm -hmm. I'll back in... When I'm back in the water, jump in my boat and put a GoPro in. I don't care. Right. Like, it's really not that big a deal, but, like, I think it's stupid. Well, I was wondering about, like, you see, like, Carl Jacobson, Polnick, they'll have, like, outside the water, like, yeah. shots. Like, do they have another boat, yeah. like, cameraing them yeah. during the tournament? Yeah, like, and that's fine, but then don't yeah. make that a rule that I have to do that, you know what I mean? Right, for yeah. sure, for sure. Like, go ahead and get all the content you want. You can have 10 boats following you with 10 cameras. I don't care. Don't make it mandatory for me. Right, right. Hmm. Like, I just want to fish and not think about anything but fish. I mean, that's the dream, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Nothing but fish. That's yeah. supposed to be, I mean, that's your job. That's yeah. what you're graded upon Yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. You think Tom Brady's wondering if the <laughs> overhead camera zoomed in when he's about to make a pass? <laughs> not happening. I'm not, not, I'm no, not dude, Tom that's Brady, such but a I'm good saying, an, like, such a good analogy. he's not caring about that. He's fucking right well, he the defense a, and wondering what's happening there. He doesn't care about the camera. No, he's not even, that doesn't even yeah. phase him. Yeah. Never crossed his mind. I didn't think about that from the fact of like when the camera's in your boat, you have to acknowledge it. Like, because you don't see professional athletes. Like you mentioned Tom Brady, like he doesn't like go acknowledge the camera after every touchdown. Yeah. And with the GoPro, you don't have to acknowledge it. It just needs to be in your boat sure. around him. But, um, as far as like the live cameras go, it's probably attention. All smallmouth anglers. Have you thrown the marabou jig? Have you thrown the hair jig? Well, if you have, you're going to want to listen right now. This podcast is brought to you by Veselka Fishing and Customs, a custom rod shop based out of Minnesota, and he has developed the answer, folks. What if I told you you could throw that marabou jig 30 to 50% further than you're casting it right now? Well, the well, Dane, Mr. Veselka himself, has developed the answer. It's a custom 8-foot hair jig rod developed on a steelhead fly blank. He's put custom fly guides on this, so you're really going to be able to outcast the competition, catch more smallmouth. They aren't going to see you. What more do you need? Here's what I need you to do right now. Visit VeselkaFishing.com. That's V-O-C-E-L-K-A Fishing.com. This is the 8-foot hair jig rod, but this guy can build you anything you want. If you can dream it, he can do it. This episode is brought to you by Just North of Memphis Barbecue. This is world champion barbecue. If you smoke meat, 
and you don't like good barbecue, I do not know what to tell you right now besides you need to try some of this stuff. They've got their rub. They've got their sauces right on their website. They've got their famous dry rub award-winning seasoning that you can put on ribs, brisket, pulled pork, chicken, wings, anything you like to put on the smoker, on the oven, on the grill, any meat you like to cook. You need some of this dry rub seasoning in your life. But don't forget the sauce because that's award-winning world champion sauce here. No matter what flavor you like, they've got three different sauces and they are all good. You can drink them straight out the bottle. We've got Sweet Christie's for all you sweet loving barbecue folk. We've got Christie's Mischief for all you spicy bass anglers out there. And then we've got Christie's Gold and they'll sell all three of them in a combo but you need to go to their website right now it's jnomemphis.com that's jnomemphis.com dry rub sauce barbecue let's go beneficial too right like as far as we want to just be bass fishermen we still have to obviously market ourselves a little bit or at least show some character on camera i'd say you guys got that you know yeah just a little emotion or whatever like don't just be a stiff board when you catch one you know Mm -hmm. but as far as the gopro goes you don't have to do nothing with them that's good have to like yeah it's just there to make sure you're not cheating right but if i got a marshal or a camera i don't know why i need it do you feel like you like the camera like if you're on live or something um do you feel like would you rather have a camera in the boat or not have a camera in the boat? I guess if you're if you're picking, because there's another you got yeah, another I guess it guy with on the big day, bag of man. shit to lug around and that part doesn't bother me. No, awesome. that part doesn't bother me. But you know, if you have a good, if it goes back to the same thing, if you catch twenty pounds, it's awesome to have a camera <laughs> right, in the boat. Right. If you catch eight pounds, you're gonna be hating that <laughs> cameraman. Like, <laughs> like bad luck, motherfucker. <laughs> right, right. Fuck, we caught him yesterday. Now you're here. What's up? <laughs> Fact, dude. Yeah. Yep. Can't have it both ways, right? Yeah. No, you've been fun to watch on camera, though. That uh, St. Clair event with uh, uh, what was it Canterbury yeah. and Johnston. Yeah. Corey, throw the plug. It's like he wouldn't do it. So Canterbury poached that spot, though. Yeah, absolutely. I know because I looked on his bass track, like. Uh, well, I didn't even fish her on day one. Nobody did. It was blown out. Day two, I went down there like halfway through the day because I knew it would be a while before it got right. And I was catching him, and like he was fishing some bullshit three, four hundred yards away. He seen, I don't know, I must have screamed or did something, whatever. Starts coming. I catch another one. He just keeps coming and coming and coming. He tried pulling in there. I told him not to. And, then I had a nice bag, and it was, you know, it's St. Clair. I'm never going to push it till the end unless I have to. I got a nice bag. I'm like, we can go in now. But it's still quite a bit of time left. I'm just going to give myself time to cruise in 30 mile an hour. The whole lake's just doing this, you know. And uh, so I forgot what time it was. But say I left at like 1 o'clock or something like that, and then I looked at his bass track, and it was like 108, 110, 112, 115. Like it, Five minutes after I left, all of a sudden he catches 23 pounds. It's like, 
okay, yeah. I think I know what happened there, but whatever. It didn't it didn't end up changing nothing? You no. know, right, right. So it is what it is. But he for sure went over there after I left. But he, I mean, he was desperate. He was trying to win AOI and was not catching them. And looking back, feeling what he felt the year I did it, I probably would have done the same thing that he did to me. But I'd like to think I wouldn't. But I know how I felt going into that last tournament with everything on the line if i knew there was like a million four pound smallies over there no one was around i probably would have went over there too but i'd like to think i wouldn't have but like after feeling how i felt going into st lawrence that year i might have done the same thing well dude i mean you're talking about i mean that's a it's such a big accomplishment and so what that makes me think of is when i talk to moina and I heard this is probably the most heartbreaking tournament story I've ever heard was he was in second behind David Dudley by one point going into the last event for FLW and they're up on Lake Champlain and he had two nice spots. He had found, you know, spot X is spot Y and he lost sleep about it. You know, one point back so much was on the line. He was losing sleep about going to spot x spot y he decides to go to spot x in the morning catches like 11 pounds like fuck half the day has gone by like let's go to spot y gets to spot y david dudley's sitting right on his waypoint leading aoi catches 25 pounds off that waypoint really yep and jim moina lost angler of the year for the flw that year and you think about Jim Moyna and what an angler of the year title would have done for a guy like that or what it does for people like, like, a, like a classic or like an yeah. AOI, yeah. like classic for Randy Howell or classic for Chris yeah. Lane, for example, like that propelled their, or, um, um, yeah, those guys yeah, no propelled their career, yeah. you know, and me too. Hell, I, exactly. all I got, well, you've got some pretty cool finishes beyond that. Like you want, like, but that's like it. Either way, that made a huge difference in my life. Big difference, man. Like, that propelled your career. Like, that's like, I'm here to stay. Yeah. That's a I'm here to stay accomplishment. And, yeah, like, to be in Scott Canterbury's position at that time, like, you're desperate, dude. Yeah. Desperate. Did he end up winning AOI? He did. He did. Okay. Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> he probably would have won without them fish, but there ain't no doubt in my mind he went over there and caught them. Like, no doubt in my mind. But like I said, I'd have probably done the same thing. I'm not going to act all holy. Fuck. I feel like a fucking crackhead on in a tournament up here, dude, at just like a weekend tournament. Like yeah. when some sh- like team of the year's on the line or something for team trail. I'm like a fucking kid in a candy store can't. Like Jojo the circus clown with a pretty new pet, yeah. you know? Um, but that's cool. I can't imagine. Yeah, you seem to be pretty chill about it, but I got to imagine on the inside that shit was felt pretty heavy at, like, going into the last event. Oh, uh, yeah. You were leading, though. I, no, I had a... You had a good had lead. A, yeah, I had a big lead, but, yeah. I about threw up. I was dry heaving the morning before the first day of blast off and then i didn't have the greatest practice i seen a few shallow and they're like one good deep spot but there wasn't many on it but they're all big and 
I went there and lost like four big ones like in the first half hour in the morning. I dropped a camera down there. I only I knew there was only like five or six of them down there, and I like blew them all. I'm like, oh my god, like like this is how it happens. I lose everything that bites, and I don't win angler of the year. And then finally we got her back on track. But yeah, it was uh it was all self self inflicted. But yeah, I I was feeling it. Tournament fishing is a very self inflicted mental yeah mental game how much of it do you think's mental versus ability it's a common debate probably 90 percent 90 percent mental 10 percent ability probably when you get to my level i mean there's not like it's not like i caught one because that dude couldn't skip a jig under a dock it's not like right you know club derby level stuff you know what i mean like he can put his jig all the way to the back of the dock so can i so i mean um at that point it's all mental i would say sure sure is there anything that you do to that you feel gives you a mental edge or like that puts you in that like mental position time on the water confidence obviously uh, but. just trying to keep that even keel sure calm i don't get too high too low um i mean i'll get mad after a bad tournament but it's not gonna happen till way in you know what i mean or check in like yep. i'm not gonna if it's noon and i'm sucking i'm not out of it but when it's three o'clock and i check in and i got eight pounds like sure fuck everybody you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like it just, i don't know do you stick like your- that's how i feel and then the day or two later i'm fine but that yeah. makes sense yeah, yeah i mean i think we can all relate to that yeah. a little bit oh, yeah. everybody's had a bad derby i don't care who you are that's like, a fact it's gonna happen yeah 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 do you do anything to shake the rust off after a bad one? Is there anything like that helps, you know, get your mind right? Uh, Besides 10 cup whiskey? I wish I knew. I wish there was a good answer for it, but, uh, I don't know. You just keep, just keep fishing going. and yeah, it'll yeah. just, it'll happen sooner or later, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I've had fish two terms this year. I sucked both of them and, uh, yeah, sooner or later it's just gonna. I might suck in the next one and the next one, but then I'm gonna make a top ten or win one or something's gonna give. You know what I mean? For like, sure. I'm not gonna suck forever. So you're not like changing shit. You're just I'm gonna stay doing what I'm doing. You don't. I mean, uh, yeah, not really. Just, I respect that. It, it's gonna. It comes and goes, man. It just yeah. I'm going to suck a few, and then I'm going to crack them a few, and then every once in a while you get on a real good heater and just keep cracking them, but it it just comes and goes. Momentum's powerful. Yeah, but for sure. It's like a bathtub, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Both ways. So just waiting for the water to come up. <laughs> yeah. That's all you can do, man. That's right, dude. That's right. Uh, so you got the classic coming up. It's like the biggest, it's the fucking mega bowl of mega bowls. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one to win. Yeah, dude. Are you fucking, are you, I feel like you're excited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the Bassmaster Classic. It's a chance at one of those, one of those career wins, you know. Dude. Super Bowl, baby. Yeah, it's wide open, too. It's Yeah. You can win that thing. Oh, for sure. You win that thing, dude. For sure, and so on to win. And I'm kind of not even that mad that I had two shitty tournaments right off the bat because I don't. 
You got the classic. Yeah, like, I ain't never sucked that long in a row. Like, it might not be the classic. It might not be the next one. But sooner or later, like, shit's going to pop off and it might be the classic, you know? Why wouldn't it? Could be. Why wouldn't it? Yeah. Why wouldn't it, dude? What better place than there? What better time than than then? Yeah. Or now or or whatever they say. Yeah. Is there anything so do you like when it's a classic, is there a different is there a different vibe when it's the classic than yeah. a regular the, event? The practice is all jacked up, it is which the biggest problem I've had with them. We basically also, Well, every other tournament you fish you practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, tournament Thursday. This one you practice Friday, Saturday, Sunday, off Monday, off Tuesday. This jacked up practice day on Wednesday where you like got a blast off from takeoff and like check in at takeoff, day off, and then tournament. So your practice is like really kind of a wash, you know, like maybe get you in an area and hopefully yeah. you can track them whichever way the weather's trending. And that's about it. It's not, you didn't shake one off in that lay down the day, you know, at four o'clock the day before the tournament you know what i mean right, like right. there's a whole week that's gone by really since you practice and they're always in usually they're kind of winterish but on that verge of spring where it's like stuff's changing you know so right um practice has always kind of been a lot different for that than a regular elite series event so i've struggled with that but um I think I'm kind of understanding it better now. Like, I kind of underestimated that Wednesday practice. You know, kind of already after Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like, this is the area I'm going to be in. This is what I'm going to do. And just because that's what, you know, if the tournament started that Monday, that's what have been the deal. But now you're four days after that. And that Wednesday practice, I kind of just, like, went and checked stuff to make or, like, kind of feel out make sure the same thing I think's happening is going on, but you're just catching that tail end of it. So you get a couple bites just enough to like make you feel like they're still doing what they were doing, even though you're really on the tail end of the window. And I really need to like take Wednesday as a whole new day and like completely throw everything away from the first three days and figure out what's starting to change versus catching that tail end of what was going on. So I'm going to try to do that this year to sure. kind of use that Wednesday more as a really my practice day and kind of forget what happened in the first three days. Cause you know, you're out there three days in a row and it's like, by the second day, third day, you're really kind of figuring out, you know, like you're starting to call your shots and stuff. Sure. But that's a week before the tournament, you know? Right. Like that's junk. <laughs> yeah. It changes a lot yeah. that time of year. Oh, it's junk. For sure. Do you stick, you stick your fish in practice? I'll catch a few, yeah. yeah. I mean, it depends what I'm doing. If I'm winding a plug, I'm catching them. Yeah. Like, yeah. If I'm flipping a bait, I'm probably shaking them off. But I'm cracking the first one that bites, no doubt. Sure. Like, sure. Is it a 12 inch or is it a four pounder? Let's see, you know. Yeah. If I catch a good one in an area, then I'm more apt to start shaking fish off and whatnot. Sure. But if I'm just catching rats or not getting many bites, I'm cracking. Sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know if it's the right thing to do. Maybe you should shake off every bite, but I feel better when I see a bag in, you know? Agreed. Uh, I mean, that's a million-dollar question, but, like, it seems like practice doesn't always pan out 
anyway. I mean, no. a lot of times you wish you hooked all yeah, of them. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I still regret. We went to that uh, Zero on AOI. Uh, West Logan one. Oh, fuck. Was that Raven? No. No. No, no, no. It was one of them Coosa River Lakes. Okay. Smith? No. No. Anyways. Yeah. In practice, I'm swimming a jig in this water willow and a spotted bass like this long, like for sure five pound spot, like came up and ate my jig and I shook him off and like, I'm never getting that fish to bite again. Like the lake was all jacked up. It was going up and down and stuff. And I really wish I would have cracked that one because it would have been like the biggest spot I ever caught. Like he was on a swim jig, like from here to your rods away, like that far under the surface. Like I saw him plain as day. Like I knew it was a spot and I knew it was yeah. like five plus pounds and I really wish I would have cracked him and I shook him off. And uh, that's about the only one I regret, just because it was probably the biggest spot I'll ever, dude, for sure, have my bait in his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just, I got a few jiggling those. him around for five minutes. You know, it's yeah. like, like this thing's gonna bite again. I should just <laughs> cracked him, but yeah, whatever. Well, like I mean, you can only find so much in three days, and you have a four day event potentially, yeah. two to four day event. I mean, you're figuring out a pattern of some sort, and then so you break out a section of the lake. How often do you abandon like that section that you pick? Well, that in turn comes down to the pretty rare, but that section might be twenty, thirty miles. You know, mm-hmm. like my mm-hmm. sections are can be big. Sometimes they're very small, but um, you know, a fish night is not going to leave that area, right? I mean, he's just going to go from the bank to 10 foot deep or 20 foot deep or vice versa. So you stay home. Whatever. Typically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that fish ain't going 20 miles. Like, right. And I might never end up running into him again, but I think they're making small in and out changes versus, gotcha. you know, major migrations. Sure. But also times like, well, that same tournament, I got Ocean in it. Uh, it's not Logan Martin. Um, dude, it's bothering me now. I know. Coosa Lake. Fuck. Uh, Logan Martin would have been my next yeah, guess. Yeah, it's not Logan Martin. I just want to get um, the map out. Anyways, that lake, they got a bunch of rain, and like the first day of practice, I pushed the bottom end of the lake. I had some bites, and everything was cool. Um, and the lake, the lake was potentially going to flood, mm-hmm. and the lake's real skinny and real long, and they ended up pulling the opening the dams wide open and like a weird phenomenon happened where basically all the water's up at the top it's just this little ass river so the water keeps coming and it just keeps coming up but they like overdrew the lake on the bottom end so like all the stuff i was fishing on the bottom end was high and dry and um in the tournament that upper river section remained kind of flooded so the fish were all up shallow in the bank grass and i wanted to fish the bank grass so i enjoy that but at the bottom end of the lake, that stuff went all dry. So in that sure. scenario where if a guy w- was the key in on that area, it happened to be the bottom end and stayed with it, luckily, last day of practice, I made the move to the top end. Um, that would be a scenario where a guy would have to abandon completely that area just because of that. Because at the top end of the lake, you got water up in the bushes, up in the water, fish are dumb, yeah. flooded, shallow cover. The bottom end of the lake's like, four foot low sure like like i want to fish high water not low water just gotcha the way i like to fish yeah sure sure yeah shallow and hungry yeah 
Yeah. Huh. That's crazy. So I, I'm going to take it to a little bit of a softer note here. Uh-huh. You and the wife, like, if you're taking her to a nice, like, date night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you guys doing? Like, well, we don't really get date nights anymore. It's more like date launches. And, okay. um, usually we hit, uh, hit some sushi up or hibachi. Okay. Something like that little shogun. That's classy. Uh, yeah, that or she likes the Olive Garden. So we go there yes. too, get some breadstick and pasta and salad and all that. That's pretty much the highlight of it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have like a. Do you guys like Netflix and chill and like watch like some shit together? Nah, a little bit. We watch a few shows together. Like um, she likes Yellowstone. We watch that together. Uh, um, yeah. I kind of like The Mandalorian. She's like a real uh, nerdy chick. Okay. Uh, she's into like the DC Marvel stuff and sure, Star Wars sure. and all that. She likes The Mandalorian. I, I I I can live with that. So we watch that. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, she kind of watches her own stuff and. Yeah, I'm just usually hanging out. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. What do you What do you do in the winter? Like, if when you can't duck hunt, you can't turkey hunt. Like, what? Um, there's not a lot of off time. I mean, the duck season, we're hunting because we travel out of state. We're hunting through middle of December, and then, um, realistically, like sometime in January, I got to get start getting pretty serious about tournament fishing getting the boat ready and all that and i'll mix in maybe a coyote hunt or two and some shed hunts and that'll get a guy through to little fishing season dude coyote hunting sounds fucking epic to me it can be fun they're, they're kind of like turkeys like sometimes you fire up the collar and you got one in your lap in like 15 seconds and then sometimes you go to like 30 spots and don't see one so gotcha yeah well, you get like they got like them predator calls. Yeah, yeah. You got some buddies with those. Is yeah. that or do you? Do you I, I mouth call. I think mouth calling's the way to go. I'm no coyote expert. How the fuck at do all. you mouth call a coyote? Like, uh, arr, arr. no, I just or? got like a. You can call with anything, really. You just sound jacked up, really. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I went hunting with this one dude. He's a badass coyote killer. He just blew a goose call like all jacked up. Really? Yeah. Like no I, shit. when I mouth call, I just blow a rabbit call and just sound. Oh, just sound like a dead rabbit. Yeah, just sound hurt. The problem is that the predator calls are all recordings, and right. coyotes are, like, super smart. Like, they hear the recording once or twice and get shot at or almost shot at or his buddy gets killed or whatever. Like, I yeah. feel like they, like, remember that calling where I feel like you're better off, like, doing an original uh, sound file, whatever you want to call it, with yeah. a mouth call versus doing the pre-recorded predator calls just because everybody's running them well isn't like the rabbit like the loudest dying like ant like yeah, it's it makes like a noise. fucking oh, like, yeah. the well, you never lo- seen a dog or something get a baby rabbit i've heard like a rabbit dying and it sounds like fucking yeah. it sounds like you kill the city like, yeah, it's yeah. Out, like oh yeah fucking. yeah they're out of control it's but, insane uh, yeah they make a lot of noise so that's like you and so they make a rabbit call yeah Fuck. Well, not to call rabbits, but yeah, <laughs> like a dying rabbit call for coyotes. No shit. Yeah. But you'll bareback that shit? No call at all? Like, Well, I'll mouth call. No, I'll blow into on a rabbit okay. call. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'll squeak one if I ain't got nothing around. But um, well, 
you pick like snowy nights, right? Or else like there's snow's good because you can see. Well, when I when I hunted them hard, I shouldn't say that hard, but uh, like I always had my, I didn't do much of the night hunting, but like that first like five minutes of twilight in the morning, like before it's light, that's when I called most of the ones, and I haven't killed that many coyotes, but when I the ones I had success with were right at that little window. But nighttime's good too. Yeah, middle of the day is like no option. You can't. Yeah, they don't. No, really even in the mornings, dude. Like, say sunset seven thirty. Like really, like six fifty to seven ten was kind of your window. And after seven ten on a seven thirty sunrise, it's done. Really? Yeah. Fucking night hawks. In this in this state, I mean, they go out west. They call them in all day, but sure. I think a lot more coyotes, a lot less pressure. And, um, Minnesota's a tough hunt, tough state for critters, especially recently. It's just we got a lot of outdoorsmen. Gotcha. Well, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. You hear people bitch about deer stuff, but like, no, I mean, deer opener, gun deer <laughs> opener. There's like half a million people hunting in the state. <laughs> it's like walleye opener. Yeah, fucking like. Everybody loves the openers, man. Same deal with duck opener. Everybody's out there. Like <laughs> the duck opening weekend is like the last weekend I'd get to hunt. Yeah. It's just a shit show every around. time. Yeah. Everybody's got some spot they've been going to since they were a kid. And like, I kind of just go wherever the ducks are, you know? And then yeah. you always end up, you're out there set up two hours before light and some guy rolls in five minutes before shooting time. I've been hunting here since 1984. And it's like, well, fuck, dude. I don't know. Like, I saw birds Sorry, here bud. yesterday. We're here tonight. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So, like, I don't even go out on opener. Just let them have it. It's like anything. They do it for a weekend and then and they're done. They're done. Yeah. They shot their little spike box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's wild to me. I'm not a hunter. Not a hunter. I'd love to. I like yeah. shooting. What's nice about coyotes is like you can get them with like AR shit. Like yeah, well, they're wide open. They're yeah, pretty much lawless. Like no gun limits. Yeah, so you that's shoot like them at night, spotlight, run them with dogs. You, can you shoot them out of vehicle? I mean, people do. I don't know if it's legal or not, but they definitely shoot them out of trucks. In which I got a, it's a coyote. I got no problem with that. I, mean, I don't know if it's legal or not. It might be. I mean, if you're west of fucking Wilmer to the Dakotas, I mean, you might as well. Oh, yeah, it's happening every day. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt about that. I don't know if it's legal or not, but. For sure. Yeah. That Oahe Lake seems kind of like a different ass body of water slash like smallmouth fish for. Like watching people on Oahe, uh, it looked like a challenge, man. I don't know. Yeah. There's, I don't know. I supposed to be chock full of them right i went there in pre-practice basically a year before that tournament like maybe that tournament was in august and i was there in september or something the year before but when i was there the year before is probably the finest smallmouth fishing i'd ever seen in my life really like dumb dumb like i thought it was gonna basically what it took to want to win that tournament is what i thought it was gonna take to get paid there damn after pre-practicing it and uh yeah it just changed a bunch fish got really spread out and smart and um yeah when i went in pre-practice i'd never seen anything like it like you'd catch a fish and the entire school would just come and sit like five to ten feet below the surface under your boat like 50 to 100 of them and you could just drop something over the side and just catch them till you caught every single one of them damn like i'd never seen anything like it and then we went back there for the tournament it wasn't like that at all and it was kind of a grind but 
Was yeah. a bite like the type of bite similar? And there's just more of them mm, and easier to catch. A little or? bit, but yeah. not really. They got more bottom related. They were, it was so easy to catch them before. I don't even know if that was really the bite that they wanted, but um, it was just kind of the best presentation for what they were doing. Like I said, they all just come sit right underneath your boat, like St. Right. Clair back in the day, but times 100. And I would just Domeki rig them, but it was, they were five foot under your boat. It was the best technique, you know what I mean? Yeah. Over like 30 feet of water, you just drop a fluke on a jig down there and it was like tuna fishing. I don't know. That's fucking sweet. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, they still bet that kind of stuff in the tournament, but it was nothing like that. Like, you'd catch one, they'd all scatter. Really? Yeah. Where that, that. When I went there the year before, you'd catch one, they'd all come sit under your boat. Like, Well, that's weird because it's not like the lake gets that much pressure. No, no. You I know? Mean, whatever pressure they got was from the 20 guys that went and pre-practiced it the year before. And right. Nothing since then, so I don't know why. That, it, I don't think it was pressure. I think it was mood. Well, I think they're real pelagic in that lake, and then, like, the food source I, might not have been in the zone we were in for that tournament. That might add a lot to do with it, because I was seeing, like, a bunch of those river mullet when I was there the year before, um, and I didn't really see them when we went back the year that we had the tournament. River mullet. Yeah. Like that's literally what they're called? Uh-huh. Huh. They're, like, kind of a six-inch shad or something, but... That's what they're all eating. No shit. Yeah. Fuck. That's wild. Yeah. So, Bassmaster Classic, when do you leave? A couple weeks? No, I'm leaving this this week. Like four or five days. Knoxville's a cool town. Yeah. Knoxville's... I got drunk in Knoxville once. It was, it was epic. Yeah. yeah. Knoxville's fun. Oh, it's a good spot for the Classic. Yeah. I feel like you're going to, like, catch him on a plug, but yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I, I think so, too. I think you're going to catch him on a shallow plug. That's yeah. just my it's just uh, my hunch. We got a few tied on. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Go burn it down, dude. I think, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you never know. It's going to be Gus. He'll kick everybody's ass on a Domeki rig, but I don't know. I mean, you can test test positive and test negative. Yeah. Or stay oh, positive we'll and test negative. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I know the whole state of Minnesota will be rooting for you. Um, this has been a fucking blast talking to you here. Yeah. Um, we didn't get into the whiskey, maybe for next time, but yeah. um, it was good having some high lifes with you, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Appreciate I think we'll close it out, but uh, thanks for making time out of your busy schedule, dude. I know you got kids, a wife that probably they just want to see you, so thanks for taking the time to come out here. Yeah, no problem. Means thanks the world. for having me. And uh, the, the galaxy is ever expanding, and uh, aliens are real. Thank you, everybody. Yeah.